Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Evan Roberts. Tiki Barber. It's Evan and Tiki on WFAN, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome, welcome to a bad Tiki Thursday at 4.30 this afternoon. Like every Thursday, we hear from the evil Tiki himself. That's coming up later. A lot of football, a lot of baseball. We'll mix in some basketball as we get closer to tip tonight. The Knicks welcoming in the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. We'll get an update on Jalen Brunson as the show rolls on. But there is this great philosopher. You may have heard of him. His name was Mark McGuire. He was a big (laughs) slugger back in the day. And Mark McGuire once said something in front of the United States Congress back in 2005 that resonates with me to this day. And it represents how I feel this afternoon as a fan of the New York Jets. Mark McGuire, over and over again, said, I don't want to talk about the past. Mm. I want to talk about the future. Smart man. And even though it was his way of BSing us about steroid use, to me as a Jet fan, rehashing the horrors of last year, we've done it. We've all done it. We did it yesterday. We did it in December. We did it in November. We did it in January. And yes, you need to learn from your mistakes. But now, as we get closer to the beginning of free agency in just two weeks, and we get closer to the NFL draft, and we get closer to potential big blockbuster trades, I want to know what the Jets are going to do next. Because this is the most important offseason Joe Douglas has ever had. So let's have an open discussion about the future. Let's start off. With one guy I want to at least kind of kind of get a taste of. Okay. And that is the idea that the Minnesota Vikings may consider dealing the great Justin Jefferson. Now, hmm. it's interesting, right? He's one of the best wide receivers on the planet. He wants a massive new contract. I heard that. The Jets could use another receiver. No, the Jets should go get him. You think the Jets should go get him? Absolutely, they should go get him. Why? Because they need talent. They need someone alongside Garrett Wilson, and they have a short window to do it because of Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know he says he's going to play three years, but that could be one or it could be three. We don't know. I agree. So you have to think you, of short window. You have I to agree think with that. of short window. And I, God, think of the urgency of the New York Jets right now from the head coach, the coordinator, 
like Joe Douglas. There is a we need to win right now. And so I know that they have a lot of glaring issues. We talked about it yesterday, especially on the offensive line. But you can fill that somewhat in free agency, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you can get a young kid later in the second round or or, or in the third round. Oh, they don't have a second round. or in the third round or fourth round who can play right now. But when you get an opportunity to go get one of, if not the best, soon-to-be-available free agents on the market in Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, absolutely go do that. Now, here's why from the Minnesota side you do this. I don't. I'm not confident they're re-signing Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is free. He's coming off an Achilles injury. Obviously, we saw him in NFL honors dancing around on stage, so we know that he's not you know, compromised. He's likely going to get tons of interest from all of these quarterback needy teams. And if you're Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who was the uh, general manager at the Minnesota Vikings, you it might be better for you to have a reset year, mm. right? And don't re-sign Kirk Cousins. Don't overpay for Justin Jefferson. You just drafted KJ, uh, not well, what's his name, Jordan Addison, a year ago. Who had a good year you when JJ really was good, out? Exactly. So, Especially. do you really need him? Especially if you're in a reset year, the yeah. answer is no. So it makes sense for Minnesota to move on. It makes more sense for me if I'm the Jets to go get that dude. Right, he is he is that guy. I'm surprised you said that because listen, I've done a lot of stargazing over the last couple of years as a mm-hmm. sports fan. I watched my basketball team get a bunch of stars. I watched the Mets get a bunch of stars, and I watched the Jets go get the ultimate quarterback star in Aaron Rodgers. And superstars are sexy, and having great players is a lot of fun. Yes. Justin Jefferson is a wonderful player. If I'm ranking just as a football fan, the top wide receivers in the NFL right now, he's definitely on that short list of right. one, two, or three. Right. So I have nothing but respect for the football player that is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. But enough of the stargazing. Like, we don't have <laughs> but, to but, do that. Yeah, but you ha- you do. No, no. We we have to add a wide receiver, yes. but we don't have to go uh, out and trade our first-round pick, okay, potentially. So what, so what are you going to do? You're going to draft one of these. There's like 15 kids in this draft that are pretty good wide receivers. I'll tell you what I would do. Right. You can go get one of those kids, but you never know because we see it every year. High, high draft pick, second first, second, third round draft pick at wide receiver. They were great in college. Right. They may be great in their careers, but they come to the NFL and they struggle a little bit. No, no, bit. I agree with you, and that's why I cannot. If I'm the Jets right now, and they have a first round pick, obviously they don't have their second from the Rodgers deal, obviously you're going to use your draft capital and hopefully hit on players that can help you now. But really, it's about bringing in veterans because they can't mess around, especially. Yes. No, I, 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 So you're speaking no, my language. No, I'm not so because. I'll tell you why I'm not. Because Calvin Ridley or Tyler Boyd or Mike Evans, they're not as good as Justin Mike Jefferson. E- First of all, Mike Evans is not going anywhere. Why? He is he is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Well, right I can now almost guarantee. Okay, but right now he's not a Tampa Bay yes, Buccaneer. Yes, you're right, but okay? still. He's available for now. Now, maybe he ends up staying Michael Pittman the same thing, mm-hmm. but I want quantity <laughs> over just superstars. You know what I mean? The cost of doing business to get a guy like Justin Jefferson, and this is the same crap I would hear about Devontae Adams. It's like a, I'm a rem- remembering the same thing. Right. For months but- and months, it was, go get Devontae Adams. He's Aaron Rodgers' friend. He's a top wide receiver. I, gr- I get he's elite. I get he's great. If this was fantasy football and you could just place him on this roster, fine. But what I'm concerned about is the assets it's going to take to get him. I'm not concerned about the cap. Because as you say, the cap is fungible, which means it's crap, right? I'm with you on that. Yes. It's not about the cap. It's about the fact that I want to use my assets to fill as many holes as humanly possible. Mm. Can I raise my hand here? Of course. Yes. What? Okay, you can go get Mike Evans. 
you can go get Devontae Adams. They're yeah. 30, 31 years old. Okay. Justin Jefferson is 24. Yeah, but my window is short. I can't worry it about seven years matter. from now. It's going to be your window for right now, and it can be your window for later. And he's a star. He's a right? star. He, and he's not a pain-in-the-ass diva wide receiver. Right? He is a superstar grinder who is going to add so much to this team. And he'll be an immediate leader because of his work ethic, because what he's all about. Right? He's got the college pedigree, the championship at LSU. He's been nothing but fantastic. I mean, he was on pace to be the most prolific top, uh, first three wide receiver, three-year wide receiver in the NFL before he got hurt. Right, So he's your guy if he's available. Now, the question is, what's it going to cost? Well, it's going to cost a first-round pick. I can tell you that right yes. now. So, But which first-round pick? Is it this year's first round pick or is it a collection of future first round picks? And if it's if it's the latter, it's definitely doable. And that's all negotiable, right? right? That's all Joe Douglas being Joe Douglas, right? All I've heard for the last three years is Joe Douglas is one of the great uh, traders in the in, in, in the National Football League. Look what he did with, with Jamal Adams and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, go do that, mm. right? Find a deal that works because this guy changes your team. And if Aaron Rodgers, let's say when Aaron Rodgers is healthy for 18 weeks, this team is going to be dynamic with Garrett, Jay, Justin Jefferson, Brees Hall, like the skill positions start taking care of themselves, and all you need is some, is some luck in free agency or a couple of hits in mid or late round draft picks at the offensive line. This team gets better yeah. immediately. I, I think that sometimes we get too caught in superstars. He is a superstar player. I'm not here, but it's what you, it's the bed you already made. What do you mean? It's not the bed Wait, I've dude, already made. Hold on, you got to put the right New players York, around the New this York team. Jets have started building. You know what? Like you know, seen those Kings beds. Not like a king bed, like a king, king's bed. It's massive. Like where a it's, king sleeps? Yes. Yeah. It's got this massive like post, and it's 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 shielded with curtains, and it's just, it's it's laced with gold, or actually, actually even built out of gold. That's what the Jets are doing, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're chasing royalty. And if you're already doing it with Aaron Rodgers, you might as well go all the way, or just don't, going half-ass isn't going to get it done. Right, you're gonna bring in some guy who just can't quite figure it out. You're gonna bring in some guy like Christian Watson, who was really good now, but in his first year with, with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron was frustrated with him. Yeah. You're gonna bring in one of those guys that Aaron's gonna get frustrated with. And all of this expectation that you've built up is gonna die because Aaron doesn't want that player. No, right? no, so I'm, you gotta bring in somebody but, but Tiki, who Aaron Rodgers is gonna say, Yep. You're my dude. You get it. I understand. You understand it. Let's go make some magic happen. I'm not suggesting that the draft is going to be the magic elixir for the Jets mm-hmm. because I understand the risk of only not only not hitting, but not hitting right away. Like, I'll give you an example from your team. Andrew Thomas was not great as a rookie. 100%. And now he's fine. Now he's awesome. Yeah, he's now he's fantastic. Now. But when you're the Jets and your window is one, two, in a best-case scenario, three years, but you're probably looking at a very, very tight window. When you draft someone, that guy needs to be productive immediately. Yes. Immediately. For the Jets. For the Jets. Yes. So I'm not arguing with you about, like, I need to hit on draft picks. I want to hit on multiple veterans, though. Mm -hmm. And in free agency, you've got the ability to add two solid wide receivers. Maybe not someone as good as Justin Jefferson, but solid wide receivers because you already have a number one in Garrett Wilson. Like, I know it's appealing to get another elite-level guy the way it was with Devontae Adams a couple of months ago. And now that's out the window because we know that's not happening. And it's appealing to think about Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. But I'd (laughs) rather get 
solid, reliable pieces at a cost that's not going to be the cost of Justin Jefferson, who A, is going to cost you in draft capital, and then B, is going to cost you in a massive contract extension. Yeah, think- he says it. He wants to break the bank as a wide receiver. Yeah, but it's just money. I mean, I don't know how many times i got to say it. Money is BS. It's fungible. <laughs> it's easy to get deals done if you want to get deals done. I mean, hell, just look at Aaron Rodgers' deal. We talked about how massive it was and how punitive it was going to be for the Jets. His cap number over the last two years is like $25 million. Right. It's nothing. I it's, it's nothing. And, yeah, you can't get rid of him because the dead money. But why would you want to get rid of him as long as he still wants to play and he can still do it at a high level? Don't forget talking about money. It doesn't matter. The cap has just gone up massively. You can structure a deal however you want it to get structured to make it fit. So it's not the money. It's about the want to. And if you want to make this team elite, you go get one of the best wide receivers in the game right now. Yeah, I can make the team elite a different way. Would you like to hear the Evan Roberts plan? Yeah, sure, let's hear it. All right, here's the Evan Roberts plan. Here's the Evan Roberts plan to make this team elite. Number one, I trade back. I'll start right there. I'm collecting extra assets. Mm. I'm moving back in the first round, and maybe I'm getting a second or third round pick. Obviously, that depends on who's trading up and how far I have to go back. But I'm giving myself another bullet because I need to throw as many bullets at the wall in this draft to see what sticks. I think it's different than that, man. I well, think, different than what? I think the I just gave myself more opportunities I, to actually hit in this draft, think, which, by the way, Joe Douglas has had a track record right. of doing rather effectively I, I, sometimes. I, but I feel like the Jets need more certainty than than. Let's hope we get lucky. No, 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 no. That, I, I'm not done with my plan. All right, keep going. That's Sorry. part one of my plan. I'm my just bad. talking about the draft on how I'm handling the draft. My bad. Your handling <laughs> of the draft is to trade all the picks for Justin Jefferson. I I'm just all the picks well, because I don't think it's going to be all the picks. Dude, okay, we'll get to that in a second. Dude, you trade Justin Jefferson. You they The Vikings know that, that whoever you get traded to knows that you got to pay the dude. I guess it you. makes him less valuable. Okay. Right? It's not like he's coming with a contract that, that keeps him there for three years, and you're just like, oh, we got to steal because you guys are moving off of him and we want to take him. Now you get to fleece me. Minnesota can't fleece anybody because Jets, whoever trades for him, knows that there's a massive contract on the other side. I disagree day. with you, but I'll address that in a few minutes. Let me Go finish ahead. my brilliant plan. Number one, I'm trading back. I'm giving myself even more opportunities to maybe hit on a player or two in the draft. That's number one. Number two, free agency. Two. I got two fingers up, two solid offensive linemen, two veterans that I can bring in. Now, we could debate on who to go after. Tyron Smith is a guy who's got the resume. He's a Hall of Famer. He's never healthy. Donovan Smith is another guy, longtime Buccaneer, played 12 of 17 games last year for Kansas City, so he missed a little bit of time, but solid when he's out there. Bring it. Too old. Yeah. Everybody's too old for you. Of course, because we we see what happens when you bring in the Dwayne Browns of the world. Well, Dwayne, they, Dwayne Brown is like fifty-seven years old. Though. The best old lineman on the market is Michael Ona and Wenu. That guy for the yes. Patriots. No, I understand. That's not an age thing. That should be a target, top target. Yeah, no, I get you. I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull it off. Well, that's the other thing too, Tiki. I understand the cap is fungible and all that. If it truly was, we're not even having the discussion about Bryce Huff because you're figuring out how to get that done. There is, right, and they're not going to be able extent. to get it done with Bryce Huff because think, of that. I, honestly, I think it's less about the cap for Bryce Huff and the fact that they've drafted well edges. They have a number one wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. How about spend a little less, not trade any assets, and sign Gabe Davis? Like to me, the the Jets need Gabe every. Davis. Well, first of all, your plan sucks so far. No, no, no. Number already. one, let me just the finish. Back, back came out of your mouth. Gabe Davis. <laughs> because you're not your giving plan. up a first-round pick. Turn his mic off. No, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not giving up a first-round pick for anybody. I'm adding two offensive linemen. And look, it's difficult to know which ones you can get, which ones will work, and then it be which ones are going to stay healthy and be effective. Lakin Tomlinson defies logic. 
I, I just got to tell you, right. Lakin Tomlinson was such a good player. He comes to the Jets, he stinks. I can't explain it. I have no idea. George Fance, a guy who was decent as a Jet when he mm-hmm. played left tackle, he's a free agent again. Could you bring George Fant in? Fine. But my point is I need two veterans, two guys who have a track record that joins this offensive line, along with using one of my assets to draft another two offensive linemen. And then at wide receiver, I am targeting Calvin Ridley. He's 29 years old. He's in the prime of his career. That's a perfect number two opposite Garrett Wilson. I'm targeting him. You say Mike Evans, there's no chance. Okay. Mm. I'm still giving it a shot. So I'm adding a wide receiver or two in free agency. I'm adding two offensive linemen. I'm trading back in the draft in which I've got more bullets to throw at the wall. And I'm going from there. Now, the one thing you noticed is every focus I have is on fixing this offense. Because this offense was so bad last year. And here's the thing that bothers me. We can't say it's all Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and that will fix it. Mm. And that's not a Zach Wilson defense. Zach Wilson's terrible. I'm glad he's gone. But the idea that Aaron Rodgers will simply be the human eraser that fixes everything is not fair. Will they be significantly better? Of course. But you need more. And the more is at least two veteran offensive linemen. And the more is solid wide receivers. It doesn't have to be Justin Jefferson. See, I'm not arguing that Justin Jefferson isn't a great player. Mm-hmm. And that in a perfect world, it would be awesome to have him. But I just think the cost outweighs what you can do without giving up what it's going to take to get Justin Jefferson. So, Justin Jefferson. I think that it's – so we get enamored with the offensive line talk. And it's almost like we need five great offensive linemen in, in order for our team to be good. You need five, you need two really good offensive, great off, good to great, mm-hmm. and then everybody else can just be kind of a guy. Playable. Right? Playable. Right. Right. Healthy, you know, understand what's what they're supposed to do, but not necessarily, they don't have to be a superstar, right? And we saw this in the Super Bowl. We saw this with Kansas City. We saw it with the uh, the, the 49ers for, for sure. I mean, hell, John Feliciano, we remember him, right, in New York. He was the starting right guard for the San Francisco 49ers for most of the season. Mm. John Feliciano, who yeah. we couldn't wait to like kick out the door, right? And he's on a Super Bowl team. Like we we know how this works. You need one great guy. They had Trent Williams, and then you had st- stability, veteranship across the across the board. So I know what you're saying. Got to go fix the offensive line. We got to fix the offensive line. True, but when it comes down to pl- like winning in the NFL, it's playmakers. It's guys who make differences every single time they touch the ball. And all I know is that there are six or seven of them in the NFL that play wide receiver, and Justin Jefferson is one of them. Mm. And if he's available, you do whatever you can do to at least have a shot at bringing him in. All right, the other thing I want to address, because I think we have a difference of opinion on this, is what the cost is going to be to get Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. We'll address it next, and we'll get your calls, 877-337-6666. To my fellow Jet fans, we have spent enough time going through the dead body that was the 2023 season. On this February 29th, leap day, leap year, 2024, just a mere few weeks away from free agency. It's time to look ahead. It's time to fix this mess. It's time to build the Jets into what they can be, which is a legitimate contender. How do you do it? Tiki has his idea. Go get Justin Jefferson. I got my idea. We'll hear from you. 877-337-6666. Here is a big part of my concern in trading for someone as elite as Justin Jefferson. 
the cost. And the reason I have that concern is I look at history. I look at other elite-level wide receivers that have been traded in the last couple of years, and there were two mm-hmm. that jump out at me. Devontae Adams when he was traded from Green Bay to the Raiders and Stephon Diggs when he was traded from Minnesota to Buffalo. And both of those guys netted back first-round picks. Yes. Now, I want to be fair, all right? Context is king here. The first-round picks received back were 20 and 22, respectively. Yes. Okay? The Jet pick in the first round <laughs> is higher than that. Yes. So there's certainly more value. The problem is... That's, that's why I don't think it'll be a 2024 first-round pick. Oh, I think it would be. What do you think it would be then? Either a couple of later-round picks or a, a, a pick in 2025 or 2026. A couple of later-round picks for one of the best wide receivers on the planet? Yeah. Because because just like with Stephon Diggs, just like with um, – who's the other one? Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Both of those teams realized that they were going to have to pay a ton on the other side. Like, you mm-hmm. don't just trade for Stephon Diggs or – Devontae Adams and be like, yeah, we're just going to keep him for a year. Yeah, we just keep him on sign him for one year. You sign him because you see him as your part of your future, right? And helping you win. And so that's that that discounts the price from the from the from the shipping out team, right? So they they have to understand that. That's why those deals got done. Same thing happened with Tyreek Hill, right? With when he left Kansas City, they knew that he knew that they couldn't pay him. And so he said, trade me now. Mm. Give me a chance to go someplace else and go make the money I deserved. And that's why he's the highest paid wide receiver in, in football. It, I think it's 30. Like I think his number is ridiculous, and I think it's an outlier. But it's where the wide receiver, the elite wide receiver position is trending right now. Yeah, I, I don't think, because I think there'd be enough teams so enamored by the idea of getting Justin Jefferson, even if it means they have to pay him. Yeah. Justin Jefferson. That I think the cost would be a first-round pick. And with the Jets not having a second-round pick, they don't have it from the Rodgers trade. No regrets. I'm just giving yeah. everybody the information. I think that cost is way too high because it's not just going to be that. <laughs> like I'm not even worried about the contract or the cap. That's Sean's issue. Isn't that, aren't you like a cap geek and you, that bothers you? Uh, yes, because I, I agree with Tiki that ultimately the cap is maneuverable, but at some point you always have to pay the piper on the cap, and the Jets are in a spot in a couple of years where they're going to have to pay the piper on Aaron Rodgers' number that gets moved around, and if then you're paying a wide receiver 35 mil, you're still going to have to sign Garrett Wilson. You're going to sign two number one wide receivers to that big a deal? Yeah, but no, no. See, here's the mistake you're making with all due respect. You're, you're being very kind. Sean's actually being kind. He's thinking about us as Jet fans in 2027, and that's very nice of you. But we're worried about 2024. Mm -hmm. We're trying to win a world championship right now. And at this moment, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner haven't gotten their big payday. This is a moment where financially you could take advantage of the fact that some of your best players haven't been paid. Brees Hall, too, by the way, even though he'll never get paid because he's a running back. Yeah. So. To me, it's not the cost, salary-wise. It's the cost of... It's the opportunity cost. It's the pick stuff because I want to use the picks as many bullets as I can to try to hit on other cheap players that can help my team now. And then I can get a wide receiver not as good as Justin Jefferson, but I can get a wide receiver without having to give up anything. But that's where I think it goes hand-in-hand. If you're trading for Justin Jefferson, you are thinking about the future beyond this year. But if you're trading for Justin Jefferson... You are giving up bullets, and I think not having a second rounder by virtue of the Rodgers trade is an enormous deal yeah. for this team. And we could argue about whether offensive linemen shine right away. The bottom line is, and we went over this yesterday, you're going to need three offensive linemen on this team amongst other holes, including that second wide receiver, and going all out both on a cap hit and a trading of an asset for Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. It, to me, that just doesn't jive with the right 
uh, you know, use of assets to making this team as win now as possible. So I, I think you need to shoot your shot. That's what I'm talking about. By the way, I didn't realize Tyreek Hill's deal. It was five picks. Mm. Five picks yeah. they traded for him, including yeah. a first rounder, but it was late. Cost of business, man. It was the 29th pick. That, uh, so that was it was so late, it, it's more like a second round. Well, pick. that's why if the Jets gave up their first, maybe they wouldn't have to give up much other than that. The yes. problem is, again, it's all about competition. If you have five teams willing mm. to give up a first-round pick for Justin Jefferson, which they may, the price goes up. He's one of the best wide receivers on the planet. Mm. wonder if the Giants would be like to do this. Look at you. You're getting that wandering out. I'm just like, ugh. But, by the way, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Because the Jets and Giants are very, very different. And when we have these conversations here in New York, it, they, they will sometimes cross-sect with each other, if that's a word. Cross-sect yeah. or intersect, intersect. Because we've got multiple teams. Right. Same thing in baseball. And the Jets and Giants are in two very different positions. It's why earlier this week I was talking about Justin Fields making sense for the Giants. Mm -hmm. And I said, it just doesn't make sense for the Jets. They are two very unique teams. I happen to agree with you. I think that a guy like Justin Jefferson becoming available is very intriguing if I'm the Giants. Because I've got either a young quarterback that I'm drafting or I've got Daniel Jones in which I want to give him as many weapons as possible. Mm -hmm. And unlike the Jets... You don't have that clear number one wide receiver. Yeah, or the urgency to win right, right now. Right. And so you have uh, three years, four years to make it worth it with Justin Jefferson. Like you spent all this capital to get him, whatever the, whatever the trade capital is to get him. But you have three or four years to make it work. Whereas yep. with the Jets, maybe you have two years. Right. You, you never just, know. You just, it, you just never know now, when it's going to be over. Before we hear from Jet fans, this will be interesting. Our first guy we're going to hear from is the Viking fans. We'll get their perspective on this potential idea of Justin Jefferson being traded. Even though their GM came out the other day said he's not even thinking about it, that don't mean anything. One thing I've learned about GMs is they lie to us constantly. Kenny is in Bayonne. Good afternoon, Kenny. What's up, Kenny? Gentlemen, how we doing? We're good. good. I'm going to preface this by saying I'm a Viking fan over 50 years. Look at oh, you. Wow. Seen it, watched it, done it, lived it, cried. It's the whole mind. <laughs> okay? And I mean, but believe me, it's, it's the, all the emotions are there. Right. Yes. Now, what I got to say is a couple of fold. Because I'm agreeing with Teak. I'm agreeing a little with Evan. But I'm also throwing the Aaron Rodgers factor in. Go ahead. First and foremost, any trade for Jefferson, if they're going to make the move, and everybody knows right now Minnesota's looking for a quarterback, mm -hmm. they're going to look for this year's first rounder no matter what because they need to move up and they need bullets. Good yep. point. So it would be this year's number one, and I'm thinking maybe a number three next year to move Jefferson. You move him to the Jets. As, as uh, Evan said, you go out and you use your money and sign to stud offensive lineman. Aaron Rodgers says, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, no, nah, no, nah, you're a number two now. <laughs> he's got Wilson. He's got Jefferson. He's got Brees Hall. He's got your stud offensive lineman moving in that he can get some time to throw the ball. He's got a tight end. Yep. And you're ready to roll. Yeah. It sounds it good. Makes and the defense and is Jefferson already there. In his fourth, I mean, it's, it's there. Right. It's there for the taking. Now, as a Viking fan, I don't want to trade Jeff, uh, Jefferson. I really don't. But what is your expectation for the Vikings? Because if they don't re-sign Kirk Cousins, this is what yes. I said earlier. I mean, you might as well. Yes, my ex you're stuck. You're right, Zeke. Yep, you're right. My expectation is to pay Jefferson, pay Cousins for two years, yeah. get him in. To, listen, the cap went up. We had $62 million or whatever before the cap went up. So we could do what they got to do. This is what these capologists do. Okay? <laughs> so, listen. Bring bring Cousins back on a two-year, 
80 million, 50 guaranteed. Right. If you do that, though, you got to hang on to Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. I, no, and you know what's funny? We don't look at it from a Viking perspective. I think it's interesting to hear that perspective. Yeah. If I was a Viking fan, I've been very consistent about this in my time here on the fan, whether we're talking about the Jets, the Giants, the yeah. Mets, or the Yankees. When I have a great talent who's in their mid to tw- late 20s, I never want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Very rarely will I ever say, you know, a microphone, yeah, get rid of that guy. I felt that <laughs> way about Odell, by the way, to Giant fans. I used to argue with them all the time. I'd say, I don't want to trade Odell Beckham. Now, sometimes I'm proven wrong, clearly, because I think we look back at that and say that was a wise decision. Yes. Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And you know what's funny about Justin Jefferson? And we talked about Stephon Diggs earlier. When the Vikings traded Stephon Diggs to Buffalo, the first round pick they got back turned into Justin Jefferson. Right. (laughs) Right. And I think they they kind of knew that. I think they knew, right, he's disgruntled. We're going to have to pay him. But, God, there's a lot of these. Because don't forget, there were so many wide receivers that season. Right. Because the two LSU kids, then there were like three Alabama kids, and someone, a couple other. There was a lot of good wide receivers in that draft. So that was smart on the Vikings' part because they got rid of a problem and got a better solution. Here's the, but here's the problem with that because I, I wanted to give you that as an example. And it's like, oh, see, it works sometimes. Yeah. Now let's go to the Tennessee Titans. Mm. Two years ago, the Tennessee Titans traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles, and they used their first-round pick on a wide receiver, and that guy is Traylon Burks. Yeah, who just who, hurt. He's just been hurt a lot. Who's not. Look, he's only two years into the league. I don't right. want to bury the kid. He ain't a superstar. Yeah. It didn't exactly work out just, that way. Just to be clear. Well, but I think he's going to be good, but he's the example that I was talking about earlier with, right. young, quarter, with young wide receivers. Sometimes it takes two a year or two to just figure out how to be a pro. Yes. The Bills have traded the pick that was used on Patrick Mahomes, and they tr- used the traded the pick that was used on Justin Jefferson. That Justin Jefferson. That is correct. Yeah. So if they never made either of those deals, rather than Allen or Diggs, they could have Mahomes and Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, but you know why that game is not fun to play? Yeah. Because I can play that game for a team that also plays in New York, New York, Yeah. and that would be a team that traded the pick that was used for Damian Lillard, the pick that was used for Jason Tatum, and the pick that was used for Jalen Brown. Right. And if that happened... I'd be sitting here with my feet up like king. So sometimes it just doesn't work. The Nets still in the league? No, not really, Boomer. Let's go to Steve in Montville. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure, dude. What's up? I had a a Jets point, but uh, Evan already shot it down. But I did a little (laughs) What was it? What did I shoot down already? No, the um, the Justin Fields to the Jets. Oh, I well, look, I no, that was yesterday. It was the other day, and I like Justin Fields. The problem is, no. it doesn't work having a young guy sit there for potentially three years when you've got to pay them in the middle of it. So, in theory, it works because mm-hmm. I like Fields as a long term replacement for Rodgers. That just doesn't work from a cap perspective, and it doesn't work from a Fields perspective. But I like the player, and I like the I, idea of what you're saying. I have an idea about how you can uh, shave your face and still say face if you'd like to hear it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. I did a little research, and I found that although you don't have to take a new passport photo if you grow a beard, I think when you try to go to London later this year, you're going to be in lines. They're going to stop you. (laughs) People behind you are going to be kind of mad. And I think, Evan, as, as a as the good citizen that you are and the good American, I think you should shave your beard for your fellow passengers. I love that. That's a, that's a great thing to throw out there, but no one will accept that. No. 
Now, luckily, I have worked out a deal, if you missed it the other day, with Tiki, Sean, and Lugie, in which I can shave my beard, and that process will begin on Monday, where I will be dyeing my beard a different color every single day, and then after three weeks of doing that, I will then walk around for a week with a half-shaven face, half my face shaven, half my face with a beard, and as far as coloring my beard is concerned, I have acquired the coloring, Mm -hmm. and the coloring is here at the studio And coming up a little bit later on on the show, probably in the 4 o'clock hour when we're on TV, we will do an experiment to see how it looks when I color my beard. And it'll be your guys' choice on what color you want to start with. I've got a passion red. Mm. I've got a really deep purple. Mm. I'm telling you, these colors have weird names. I'll bring it in next break and I'll read you the names, but... We've got a lot of specific colors, and we could uh, do some artwork later on in the you, show. Where, you're flying to Florida? Yeah, I'm going on a plane tonight. So if it doesn't come mm, out, uh, I'm, I'm going to look see. like a freak. <laughs> and that's all right. I do I'll it to get rid of my beard. Uh, we'll do it blue. We'll you want to go it. blue? Yeah. I'll, I'll say it's giant blue, but it's probably met blue for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not a terrible idea. I was thinking the gray, just to buy him out. It would look normal if he can't wash it out. Oh, oh, I see. You just an I mean? old man flying down. He would just look like an old man. Now, either way, though, once you land in Florida, you kind of blend in with people in Florida. That <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, I'll bring in the colors in a little bit, and we'll maybe have a little uh, art project later on in the show. Let's go to Kenny in Deer Park. Hey, Kenny. What's up, Kenny? Hey, guys. How you been? Good. 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 So this is my problem listening to you guys. You guys are arguing with Tiki, a professional football player, <laughs> yes. about what the Jets should do. That's right. right. And I'm also Tiki an analyst now, Kenny. you have about how to score a Met game. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't argue with Sean about eating chicken wings. Right. Fair, fair. Hey, so me, me and Sean had chicken yesterday. I want Jefferson. Because now you got Jefferson, Wilson, Hall, your tight ends. Uh, Conklin, quarterback, Conklin, Rogers, Rogers. Rogers. So many options. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to take the AFC without a problem. Well, oh. a couple of things, Kenny, I want to address. Number one, if you disagreed with Tiki and you agreed with me, would you say <laughs> what? Because, I've got, look, one of the toughest things to do is argue <laughs> football with Tiki Barber. I'd be the first to admit it because he has a perspective that I couldn't even dream of matching. So he is probably, of all the people I've argued sports with in my lifetime, Beningo, Carton, even though I wouldn't count that as arguing, it's more me kicking his ass over and over again. Just wait, it's coming, Evan. Just wait, keep going. Of all the people I've argued sports with, you possess the biggest kryptonite and challenge I've ever faced. You know what that is? Everybody knows what that is. You didn't do it, and I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, he hasn't. He's got that. He's got that. So trust me, Kenny, I understand when we're arguing about what the Jets should do or the Giants should do or a play call, which we've done before, I think to myself, halfway as I'm arguing, do I just give up and say, (laughs) Tiki's the king, what do I know? Or do I go down with a fight? And I've chosen more times than not to just go down with a fight. Yeah, plus there have been times this year where we've argued football and we've heard these words out of Tiki. Good point. That's and great. if he's willing right. to tell us good point, right. then it means we can at least get in the ring and yeah. argue with him. But most of the time, I get people to change their minds. Like Sean, who I just listened to on one giant step, changed his mind about Saquon Barkley. Did he really? He did. Yeah. Officially. T- it's officially changed. Tiki, I love it because there's two downloads on that pod every week, you and my mom, and I really appreciate it. We've uh, we've also heard Tiki say this. Go kiss ass. So there's two sides. That's why you pissed me off. There is something you have said today in the first 42 minutes that I wouldn't say has convinced me, mm. but has moved me a little bit. Ooh. And that is reminding me something that I would say 98% of the time. 98% of the time when we're having one of these discussions, I would always say, 
Cost be damned. Mm -hmm. Don't get in love with lottery tickets. Don't fall in love with lottery tickets. Go get the elite player. And there's no doubt Justin Jefferson's that. He is an elite Since level. Since he came in the league. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't argue that. Yeah. I guess what I'm kind of battling as a Jet fan as we try to fix what was wrong last year is I want quality of quantity as opposed to one or two stars because they have a lot of things they need to fix about this offense. And I think sometimes as sports fans, we go stargazing. We go, get me the biggest and the best. And the biggest and the best is fun, and the biggest and the best is good, but sometimes it's just the right pieces that fit. And last year, the Jets had a broken offense. Yep. And I just want to freaking fix it. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily mean the biggest and best is the way to fix it. Let's go to Bob in L.A. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. What's uh, up, dude? I have a question. In terms of want to, do you feel like the Jets have the want to? I think that's an unspoken requirement of a champion. So when you say I want think- to, what do you mean? You mean... From a player standpoint or from an organization? Like, who are you talking about specifically? I'm, I'm talking about the hunger. Like, you know, I think you're obviously an all-time great, Tiki. Yeah. And I think Brandon Jacobs came in and won a championship. Right. I think he has a hunger, and I'm wondering if you think that hunger is important because to me it seems more important than talent. Uh, yeah, I mean, talent goes a long way. But it's also, it's also structure. I think in football in particular, Bob, like the structure of your team matters more than anything because if you have a week or multiple week spots, it's going to get exploited over and over and over and over again. And you go back to the Brandon Jacobs, but I mean, that was the earth, wind and fire year, right? BJ and, and Derek Ward and uh, Ruben drones, even though a mod Bradshaw gets thrown in there as well. There's that four really good running backs, but it was the offensive line was the reason that they were good, that Eli was always on his feet, or that you know the running game rushed for 2,200 yards or 2,100 yards, whatever it was. That team was well-constructed, and you had defensive elite players as well, Strahan and Tuck and OC. Like you, you, had, you had a complete team. In other sports, you can get away with a non-complete team because you have a superstar who's just going to carry you. Football, can't. it's hard to do that, right? Maybe the one exception, as we've talked about <laughs> yes. multiple times, the last really two years, but just me and you for the last year is Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he's the exception. Right, he's the exception because he figured like you can't sack him. It's, right. it's weird. Like he t- he takes sacks every now and then, but if he really wants to extend a play and make something, it's going to happen. Well, he said the want to, and what I take out of that is there are guys on the Jets that don't really care about winning. Yeah. Basically, uh, Dion Dawkins called the show, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and said because that's basically what Dion was saying that they care more about being on social media or being a star than winning. And what I would say without knowing the individuals and being in the locker room, because none of us know, no, mm-hmm. is that I have not gotten that impression from guys on the Jets. Well, I think Dawkins, no, but he's talking in a generalization. So I've, I've thought this really going back to when I first came in the league. You just see how some people are just happy to players. Right. They're just happy to be there. Like, oh, my God, I'm in the NFL. This is amazing. Look at that. That's Michael Strahan over there. That's whoever over there. Right. And then. You eventually you you get to this point. You're like, well, I think do I belong here? I want to make a name for myself, right? I want to be able to contribute. And you're not. I mean, I guess you're thinking about winning a Super Bowl, but you're not really thinking about it. You're thinking about how do I belong in this this massive, elite, you know, amazing game on this specific team. And then after you prove that a little bit, you're like, all right, dude, I want to get paid now, right? 
Right? And then and then somewhere along the line, it's like, I, dude, I really like to win a championship. Let me be all in on winning a championship. The reason that the Patriots, and I've all, this is what I respect most about Bill Belichick, the thing that changed or was different or differentiating about the Patriots is that Bill got you to think that championship thing first. Mm. It wasn't about, like, do you belong here? Because if you didn't belong here, you wouldn't be here. Like, he was so specific about the players that he wanted. You are here for a specific reason. You are going to do this, 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 and this, and you're going to do it great. And if you can't, you're going to be someplace else. Right. You're not going to be on my team. And so he was able to get the the championship thing in every everybody's mind first, as opposed to, oh, yeah, okay, I've made it, and I made some money. Let's win a championship. And so that's so when he when he talks about want to, I think it's it's too nebulous, right? It's not you can't really define that about an individual or a team unless you go right and have a I don't know a focus group and have a conversation with them. Like you just can't do. Did that. you have teammates that didn't have the want to? Um, I I know I had teammates that just were 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 trying to like make it for right. themselves. It wasn't necessarily about what's happening around the team. Like how can I make this guy who's in front of me better or you know, how can I, I don't know, contribute on special teams since I'm not starting? I, there were tons of different guys that just, some didn't get it. It just, it just yeah. is what it is. So, you know what annoys me and about by the way, this? That's every sport. Yeah, no, that's, I get that's every that. team. Yeah. What annoys me about that question and that implication is that sometimes when a team fails, we try to overcomplicate things. This happened with the Mets last year. Or oversimplify it. Or oversimplify Well, I think, but I think sometimes things are simple. Like, to me, the Mets' struggles last year were very simple. And guys like Sean and Sal tried to make it something else. And not just them, Peter but guys Lonzo's in the media. Peter a bad teammate. For, oh, there's got to be something wrong with the locker room. Yeah, got to be Pete. They hate him. Why couldn't it just be what we saw? And what we saw was they pitched awfully. Why couldn't it just be that they didn't hit enough? Right. There were baseball reasons why the Mets were bad. Now let's get to the Jets. As much as I hate looking in the past, when someone asks, do they have want to, you overcomplicate what's simple. Here's what's simple. The New York Jets missed the playoffs this past season because their offense on every level was broken. It was broken with the offensive line. It was broken with the quarterback. It was broken with the coaching staff. It was bad. They were historically bad. They had the worst third down rate ever. <laughs> they had the worst red zone conversion rate ever. That's why they're bad. The New York Jets, quote, suck. So to make it about want and do they have winners, do they have dogs, or whatever little cliche you want to come up with is like trying to overcomplicate something that's simple. And that's why when we talk today, which we have so far, about, hey, what should the Jets do this offseason? Kind of a simple question, but it really begins in two weeks when the free agency begins. To me, it's easy. Yeah. The offense, stupid. <laughs> now, we can argue about how to do it. You say Justin Jefferson. I say Calvin Ridley. You say this offensive lineman. I say that offensive lineman. But can we all just agree that the number one thing that derailed the Jets, the reason they didn't make the playoffs, and the thing they need to get better at was a broken offense. Simple! No, you're right. The problem is there's five answers you need on the offense. One of them's taken care of with Rodgers coming back, but it's wide receiver and three offensive no, I, linemen. I, but, but, no, no, but Sean, I agree with you. Like, here's the funny thing. I agree they need to add a, It's actually four offensive linemen, in my opinion. Right. I would sign two free agents. I would use a ton of different draft capital to hopefully hit on improving my offensive line. 
Elijah Vera Tucker's going to be a starter. Joe Tippman is going to be a starter. And then guess what else? Someone's going to probably get hurt. So you need depth. So I agree. They need to add at minimum three starting caliber offensive linemen. I agree. They need to add another wide receiver. No one said this wasn't a busy offseason. So this to me is actually kind of easy. We know what they need to add. I think it's simple. I think it's a little bit more complicated with the Giants. I think there's more holes that you're kind of weighing on how to fill. I think with the Jets, we just named it. That's it. You fixed that. I think they're a playoff team. But, I hate to simplify it, but it's true. But then wouldn't that tell you, And because we've all made the jokes about dream team stuff and how it doesn't work. For the Jets, the priority this offseason has to be more quantity than it is one big, shiny, quality object. Exactly. That's why we happen to agree about Justin Jefferson not necessarily being the answer. Justin but Jefferson. There are ways to do both, especially with free agency and cap and the cap space increasing the way that it has. And again, you don't need superstars across the line on the offensive line. You just need you need reliability more than anything. You're right, and the truth is, you're not getting a superstar across the offensive line. Right. They don't start, they're just hanging out there waiting to be picked up. No, Joe is in Lodi, New Jersey. What's up, Joe? Good. How you doing, gentlemen? Good. Good. All right. The first thing I want to say before I do my thing with the Jets is, um, while you're doing this little bit with the hair and stuff, don't you think? Um, that he should dress up as a leprechaun maybe the weekend, like the 15th. <laughs> oh, it's coming. You're right. I forgot St. Patty's Day. So right around on around St. Patrick's oh, Day, definitely gonna be my green. beard's going to be green, no and doubt. i got to go all the way with it. Oh, whatever. And you should go all the way and dress up as a leprechaun. All right. If that mm-hmm. makes you, Joe, if that turns you on, I'll do it for you. How about that? Oh, it'll definitely turn me on. I'll have to, to I laugh all day long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's up, Joe? Okay, my thing with the Jets is I've been a Packers fan 45 years. I've lived, um, I'm originally from Lodi, New Jersey, just right there in, by East Rutherford. Yep, I know exactly um, where it is. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Do we, do we, does, do the Jets have to sign um, a, a caliber receiver like uh, Jefferson? Because Aaron Rodgers, and I've seen through his years, through college, he makes receivers um, become good. So why you get? I mean, even if you get somebody a little, um, a little bit Less lower than, than Jefferson, yeah. you know, and then and then you get your your you know your lineman like you need to, um, and then right there you, you you do everything you have to do and and you have the money. I think he makes guys better. I agree with that, but I still think you want the best of the best because right. you can only do so much with the talent around you. So. I don't disagree that when you have an elite-level quarterback, and certainly Aaron Rodgers, assuming off a torn Achilles, he can be what we Mm -hmm. think he is. That's certainly an assumption, but go with that assumption for the sake of this. He does bring guys to another level. Yeah. But that wouldn't make me, you know, basically do what Kansas City's done the last two years and say, ah, screw it, it doesn't matter who the wide receiver is. Right. So I think, look, and you saw that with Kansas City. They were middling offense this this year. I think, what were they, like 15th or 16th? They Mm. weren't great in the regular season, but it's almost like they slow-played it. In the regular season, right. and then especially with Travis Kelsey, turned it on when it felt it like rope a dope. Right, it was so it was so rope a dope because they, I mean, look, they played a lot of games tight. It's not that they were blowing out everybody uh, in the postseason, but still. I, so I'll give you I'll give you the perfect example, and I and I only know this because I had this conversation with Matt Ryan throughout this season as we were in the booth together with Andrew Catalan. He had a, a tight end when he was in Atlanta, uh, Tony Gonzalez, who was like. I mean, he was just beyond what we thought with tight ends would do back in that era. Right. And what made Tony Gonzalez great is that you could throw him 
and this is with Kelsey, and you see this with Kittle, you see these with now tight ends all the time, but back then it wasn't the case. You can throw him open in ways that you can't throw a guy who's not good enough, athletic enough to catch that ball. And so Matt would say, Tony would tell tell him, hey, if I'm if this guy is like on my hip, throw that thing as fast as you can to the back of my head. I'll catch it. And so it looks like I'm covered, but I'm open, mm. right? And so Matt had talent like that, whereas if, I don't know, pick a random tight end from that era, it's just not making that play. You know what I mean? It's not th- that that other tight end is not open, whereas Tony Gonzalez is open. And so the reason you go get elite players is because there's this there's this intangibleness about how they play that makes everything about them better, and it makes everything about your game plan better, and it makes a covered play an open play. It makes a fifty fifty ball really a eighty twenty ball. And so I don't know if the I don't know, the, the replacement player to Justin Jefferson is going to give you what Justin Jefferson is going to give right. you. And that that's what I fear. And then you have this play. It's like, oh, that's just a bad incompletion. It was a 30-yard pass. Uh, maybe it could have been Justin Jefferson's a catch. And he makes the play. And he makes the play. That's what elite-level number one wide receivers do. I will ask you when we come back, is that a problem, though? Is it a problem to have two guys who are the alphas? <laughs> two guys who believe they're the true number one in Garrett Wilson and Justin Jefferson. We'll get to that. Plus, there's a looming issue building with the New York Jets that has not been addressed. We will address it coming up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, I've got good news and I got bad news. It depends on perspective. The good news is for all the Yankee fans out there that beloved and love Alex Rodriguez, the A-Rod Day banner and his beautiful number 13 is hanging there it from is. the rafters of the WFAN Mike Francesa Studios. It is there. It's big. It's huge. It's actually way too big the more I look at it, but it's there. So I did steal it. It was cleaned It's been returned. The A-Rod banner will now hang permanently in the WFAN studios. It did replace the Pete Alonzo jersey, but I've got good news on that. Mm. I now possess the Pete Alonzo jersey, and it will be displayed privately (laughs) in my own office so that I can stare at it every single day 
and look at my guy's jersey and look at that beard that will eventually be gone. Sean, thanks for not holding it hostage for yeah, too long. I, look, this is all well. You're a well. good guy, man. I am a good guy. And by the way, Tiki's beautiful picture of himself playing is now perfectly <laughs> behind him. That's right. So everybody's getting taken care of here. The only thing that's still up is Craig Carton signing the wall. We can't bury that too much. <laughs> but I got to tell you, Tiki, when you turn your head there, how much prettier does it look seeing that Yankee colors oh, hang in the A-Rod, you know, instead of the blue and orange? Right. The only blue I want to see is giant blue. Exactly. <laughs> when I looked over there and saw that med blue, it just made me a little bit. Yeah. Oh, God. what? <laughs> no, it's true. The studio's like, it's classier now. Well, yes. It doesn't have that loser's lose right. feel. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I can't get over is how just enormous the 13 is. It is big. I mean, it is massive. I'll take a picture and post it on social media later, but it's just, it's... It didn't feel that big when it was behind. No. I don't know why. Now every time I look to my left, it's like all I could see is this gigantic number 13. All right, one thing I want to address because it hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but I do find it interesting, and it's been uh, kind of circulating out in San Francisco, California right now, and that's the fact that the Niners are looking for a defensive coordinator. And as you remember, Kyle Shanahan decided to fire Steve Wilkes. Yep. They haven't hired his replacement. So if you're asking, okay, Evan, why do we care? One of the names that's been linked now is Jeff Albrecht, mm. who is currently the defensive coordinator of the New York Jets. I think we'd all admit has done a really good job. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be an interesting parallel move. Yes. And it maybe has something to do with his family. I don't know if his family came when they moved. Because um, he was with... Uh, Sala out there. He has a history in San Francisco. He used right, to work there, yeah. Right, it, but he was with Sala because right. when Sala came, that's who, that's who he brought. Um, but, that, I mean, that would be a parallel move that, I, I mean, maybe it puts you in position to better get a head coaching gig. If you're Jeff Ulbrich? With the 49ers well, as opposed to the uncertainty yeah. of with the – you know what I mean? With I the think – hey, look – I understand if he takes the job. I'm not mad at Jeff Ulbrich because he's from California. Mm -hmm. If he's looking to be a head coach, he certainly has more security in San Francisco, even though they just fired a defensive coordinator after five minutes. But he wasn't one of theirs. But I also, yeah, no, no doubt. And I also look at it this way with guys that want a different, if he wants to leave, let him leave. Like, I'm not one to hold a guy hostage. So my issue isn't with Jeff Ulbrich considering taking the job. If he takes the job, fine, good for him. My issue, and really it's my question, because here I'll defer to you, Tiki. I don't know. I don't know if I should be concerned. The New York Jets defense has been very good the last couple of years. I know some yeah. want to say it's overrated. You want to throw it at. Bottom line is it's their strength. No, it's been really good. And right. I give Jeff Ulbrich credit. He is the defensive coordinator. But Robert Sala is the head coach. And we also look at him as the defensive-minded head coach. If Jeff Ulbrich ultimately gets this job that he's been linked to and the Jets allow him to go to San Francisco, fine. Should I be deeply concerned? That the Jets just lost their defensive coordinator because uh, I just watched the Eagles I, lose two coordinators and basically ruin their season. Actually, I don't. I don't think so because I think that um, Olberg, while you know, basically in in line with what Robert Sala wants to do, Robert Sala is also a defensive coordinator. Let's not forget that's where he right. made his wares. Right. It wasn't by you know just being a good personality. It was because he was the Forty ers defense was fantastic. And he was a big reason for them. Remember, we still remember him on the sideline, like running down, you know, the sideline, getting all jacked up whenever they made big plays. Feels like that's why he got a head coaching job. <laughs> no, seriously, like it was this this energy that he had, and his his players related to him. And so, I, like, you would hate to lose Brick because he's been so good over the last couple of years, despite people not recognizing that early on uh, in his tenure with the Jets. But it's almost like 
there's a catch. Like there's a there's a there's like a, a safety net mm. that's there because Robert Salo obviously would have to take a greater role. But that's you know that's what that's what got him the head coaching job. Right, right. I mean, this is what this is you know down in in Tampa, Todd Bowles. Like he's still calling plays defensively. He's been yeah. the head coach down there for what three years now. He's still the defensive coordinator. And one of the reasons that they they were able to adjust despite all the issues that they had health-wise and others uh, and made it to the playoffs a year ago. So it's doable. And especially now four years in, if if I'm Robert Sala and I lose Jeff Ulbrich, I'm saying if I'm, if I'm going to get fired, I'm going to get fired doing it my way. Yeah, but the problem is if he gets fired, it's probably not going to be because of the defense. He's going to yeah. get fired because the offense continues to be broken. And that's the point I made the other day about him. One of my biggest concerns, in fact, my biggest concern about Robert Sala is strictly that. Is he just a really good defensive coordinator? Yeah. Because when you're the head coach, you got to worry about every aspect of your team. Yeah. Their defense has been fixed. Three years ago, they had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They were almost dead last. And then they took a major jump. And even last year, I know they had their bad moments at the end of the year, but I thought overall, I mean, that was an elite-level defense. It may not have been the 85 Bears, but they were damn good. Yeah, And they were certainly good enough to be a playoff team. They were certainly good enough to be a dangerous team. They didn't win because they couldn't score points. They didn't win because their offense was broken. Yes. Let's go to Leonard in Rockland County, New York. Hey, Leonard. Yeah, how you guys doing? What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, so when it comes to, let's say, uh, for the Jets' future with Justin Jefferson, I don't think that this is the right way to go. I think that um, focusing mainly and purely on the O-line is the only way to do it. If you're a GM and you're building a team and all you got is, uh, you know, just what everybody else has with the coach and, you know, and what what is what like what do you guys think is the smartest way to build, to, like, to build a football team? I personally think if you just only – this might sound crazy. If you just only draft online for, like, literally five years straight and yeah. you put, like, you know – and, and you have the best online of all time. I do not think anything else makes a difference. Honestly, you could have a mediocre, you could have Brock Purdy there, or any other mediocre quarterback. <laughs> you could you could draft the quarterback in the seventh round. Yeah, you could get any any, any running back will be you know for sure the best man of all. And, Le- and, but, and your offense, will, Le- will, Leonard. Will, by will, and large, Leonard. By and large, I agree with you. Like that's my philosophy. Mm-hmm. Build it from the ass first, man. Yeah. B- build the offensive line. B- get in the trenches and make that as str- as as viable and reliable and deep as you can. So if you do get some injuries that you're not, you know, oh, God, we got to start this kid who has no business playing in the NFL, right? So obviously do that first. But I think the Jets in particular are in a different spot because there is such an urgency for this team to win. We don't have time. Exactly. You don't have time to be like, all right, we're going to get this guy, and then we'll pair him with this guy, and then this coach will teach them this, and then they'll start doing it. Like, there's an urgency. It's like, let's go now. Uh, That's why every pick they use in this draft, every move they make has to be about trying to win in 2024. You've got to maximize this opportunity, and that's why we're an hour and eight minutes into the show. I haven't mentioned the quarterback. Because the only quarterback they should worry about besides keeping Aaron Rodgers healthy is a healthy veteran backup. I don't want to hear about the future quarterback. You know when we'll worry about the future quarterback? When we have to worry about the future quarterback. (laughs) Because the world is a different place when you have to worry about the future quarterback. It's it's so true. You don't know who's available. I mentioned a few months ago the Tampa model. The Tampa model of go get Tom Brady Tom Brady, you maximize his window for three years. You pick up a veteran like Baker Mayfield. Boom, you made the playoffs. And it sounds simple, but it's true. I don't want to worry about the quarterback. I was talking to a guy the other day. Hey, do you think we should use a third or fourth round pick on a quarterback? I'm like, not really. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm not interested in that. Like, I get it. Hey, it could develop someone. 
Sure, in yeah, theory. But develop is not. First of all, it's not what Nate does. Hackett. It's not what he's. That's not what he's there to do. What is he there to do? He's there to be the shepherd with Aaron Rodgers. That's right. And and develop he's develop make Aaron happy. Right. And 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 make Aaron help Aaron thrive. Yes. Right. That's 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 all that matters right now. Um. And so yeah, I I, I hear you with the development stuff, but. Aaron Rodgers doesn't. I mean, he did it with Zach, I guess. No, I don't want him to develop. I right? want there to be just a veteran backup, and we'll worry about a quarterback when we have to I, worry about I, a quarterback. I think he did it more as a, I don't know, it felt more like a talking point than an actual, you know what I mean? No, I get Do you know the Jets met with Jaden Daniels? Did they? Yeah, huh. they met with him. Huh. Really? Yeah. What the hell does that mean? That means exactly what Joe Shane meeting with Jade Daniels means. Exactly. No, that's my point. Like it doesn't. It doesn't mean. It anything. doesn't mean anything. Like maybe I'm crazy for saying this. You could tell me, Evan, that doesn't even make any sense. Maybe you meet with Jaden Daniels because Jaden Daniels gets drafted by the Patriots, mm. and now you're competing with him twice right. a year. And it doesn't hurt to have picked up some information right. about a guy you've got to compete with. Right. Does that sound crazy? No, not at all. Maybe if you're the Giants, you meet with Jaden Daniels because the Commanders may draft him. And eh, you never know what you picked up. Maybe it helps you when you but face I, the Commanders. I also think that the quarterbacks in particular, any quarterback any year, they're going to get met with because – like. They're the they're the most sought after position in all of football, right? And, and the and the off chance he falls like a stone in yes, the draft, and you're the exactly Jets, right. You could luck out into your future it's, if something could happen where he's not. Hell, let's say he gets hurt, right? Kid gets hurt. Who who did that happen to? Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. Exactly. He gets hurt, but this happened. Then he got, Hendon Hooker Hooker got hurt in the season. But let's just say something happens, and he gets and he just starts to fall, 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 fall. And you're sitting there second around. You're like. Do we like this kid? And you've never talked to him? Right. You're, you, I, I, don't, I don't know. You guys, you're standing out there like, looking like dummies at each other. Yeah. But you, you talk to him and get enough information that if the opportunity comes up, unlikely as it may be, you're not hesitating to pull the trigger you're on You're doing him. your due diligence. I get it. You're doing your due diligence. I get it. And quarterbacks get that all, all the time, every year. Rob is in Smithtown. How you doing today, Rob? Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks for taking the call. Um, I just had a quick question about the Jets. Um, last night's show, I'm pretty sure Keith said something about how Aaron Rodgers could have possibly had a hand in the fact that we didn't sign anybody better than uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I don't well, believe no, that. I've yeah. heard that before, and I just yeah. – my question I'd ask to, to I'll, Keith – I'll answer it specifically, but keep going. The, the, the question I'd have to Keith or anyone else who wonders that is why. Mm-hmm. Why would Aaron Rodgers care who the quarterback that he's going to eventually replace is? You know what I mean? Like, whoever, whatever veteran they were able to add was only going to try to keep them in a race so that Aaron Rodgers could eventually come back. There was never going to be a quarterback controversy. I rejected that about Zach Wilson immediately. I remember Tiki asked me, he's like, hey, Evan, what if uh, Zach plays really well and they're in the playoffs? You want Aaron back? And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I want Aaron back. It would take a lot for me to say I don't want Aaron back. Right. So... I know that Aaron Rodgers is a conspiracy guy, which leads to us having conspiracies about him. Yep. I just don't understand that one. Yeah. And I've heard it before, and my answer is I don't get why Aaron Rodgers would not want a good quarterback there while he's out. I'll tell you, Evan, and Rob, or whoever wants to listen to this, why this happened the way that it did. Go ahead. Do you guys remember Aaron Rodgers' contract when he came from the Green Bay Packers? It was enormous. Yeah, yeah. And it was punitive. Do you remember? Do you know when training camp starts? End of July, right? Do you know when Aaron Rodgers signed a restructured contract? It was like in July, July twenty sixth. Yeah, and so before that restructure, 
the Jets had no room to do anything. It, they couldn't do a thing until Aaron Rodgers restructured his contract. So the reason that the Jets couldn't go get other veteran, higher higher quality, let's use that word better instead of price, but higher quality backup quarterbacks is because the Aaron Rodgers traded contract was crushing their cap. Mm. And until they restructured, they couldn't do a thing. Okay, but so there's, by the time they could do something, you're in training camp already. There are two layers to the backup quarterback thing. There's pre-Aaron Rodgers and there's post-Aaron Rodgers. But they couldn't do anything pre-Aaron yeah. Rodgers because they had to save space for Aaron Rodgers. But, but, but hold on a second. Here's where I would disagree with you. First of all, they could have traded Zach Wilson immediately. Yeah, They could have. His value was not I, at I, the bottom. I agree, but okay. are you really trading? Yes. You're yes. the number two overall yes. pick yes. after his second year? Yes. Yes, yes. And I'll tell you why. Because the owner, and I agreed with him, came out immediately after the season and says, we need to add I, a veteran quarterback. I'm, I'm, I, yes, 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 yes. We know what happened in 2024 after when Woody Johnson said that. But after 2023, if Joe Douglas does that, He's basically saying, oh, yeah, I, I have to. He already did by a trading for Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, what I'm saying about Woody was last year. Woody said after the season, we need a veteran quarterback to replace Zach Wilson. <laughs> so Zach Wilson was dead around here. He was dead. So where I would disagree with you is they should have immediately traded him. I don't think I don't, there was any value uh, at that point. There's value now? By the way, the Niners did it with Trey Lance, same draft pick later. Yeah, yeah of but, course. But Trey, Trey was not nearly as tainted. Not even close. Tiki, Tiki, are the Jets going to trade Zach Wilson this offseason? They're going to attempt to trade Jack, I, Zach Wilson I this offseason. But had, you know what I'm going to predict is going to happen? What? They're not going to find a trade partner, and they're just going to cut him. Okay. If that's the case, do you think that would have been the case last year, by the way? No, you can't. No, no, it's the second year. No, no. It's but too you, much sitting on the cap. I'm just arguing they could have traded him to somebody. Someone last year. Should, yes, let, forget yeah, last maybe, year. Maybe. And then maybe. if they did that, they could have signed Gardner Minshew for nothing. Mm-hmm. So the idea of what you're bringing up is fair once they made the decision to keep Zach Wilson. If they had made the decision I certainly wanted back in February, which is get rid of Zach immediately, sign this veteran placeholder, and then go make the move for Aaron Rodgers, yeah. then it would have worked. Now, once Aaron gets hurt, it's a different story. Your choices of backups are not very good. But my point to any conspiracy theorist about Rodgers having an impact on this would be why. Yeah. Why would Aaron Rodgers care who his backup uh, Evan, is? He's not threatened uh, Evan, by it. Evan, he didn't. Okay. And I'm, just, I, I'm just I'm disproving that point because the only reason the Jets didn't do anything is one, they were stuck they felt stuck. Okay. I'm not saying they were. They felt stuck with Zach Wilson. If Joe Douglas jettisons his second overall pick quarterback after two years, it's, I mean, you're just basically saying, fire me. And so they felt stuck with Zach Wilson. And then once they signed Aaron Rodgers, they couldn't do a thing until he restructured. And he didn't restructure until July 26th. And that's right at training camp. Everybody's gone. Gardner's gone. Right. Right. Jacoby Brissett, whoever, they're all gone. So there's no way he they could do anything until Aaron got well restructured. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback this season, and the Jets need to add a backup. Now, we haven't talked about that today. It's mostly the issues of wide receiver and offensive line, mm-hmm. but we all know they need to add a backup quarterback. Yep. I doubt they care who Aaron Rodgers prefers as his backup. <laughs> I think you're right. Because I'm starting to think this Aaron Rodgers is the GM thing is slightly overrated. I'm starting to think that. Because Joe Douglas, even yesterday, when he met the media in the monotone voice that he has, 
was asked about his contact with Aaron Rodgers. And he's like, yeah, we texted a couple of times this offseason, mm-hmm. which almost sounds like they're barely talking. Yeah. That's how I took it. I don't think sometimes you want to admit you're barely talking to your star player. So you're like, I do it once in a while. Yeah. I don't think that's a quarterback that is dictating the entire offseason. But we want to believe that for some reason. And I guess we do based on the players they added last year. Well, they added Alan Lazard. Well, they added Billy Turner. Well, they added Randall Cobb. Now, maybe that was Joe Douglas wanting to do that to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Maybe it wasn't because Aaron Rodgers said, you better sign these guys. I don't know. But I get this sense that because Rodgers is a conspiracy guy, we almost paint, well, then everything around him also must be a conspiracy. <laughs> is that crazy? No. Can I buy that logic? Yeah, I do. Thank you. Let's go to Joe on Long Island. How you doing, Joe? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's Love up, the dude? show. Appreciate it. Uh, Evan, I think uh, you should cut the beard. If you get a new passport picture, a new driver's license photo. So wait, wait, wait. I have to have the new license and the new uh, passport with the beard, and then I can cut the beard. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Do something crazy with the beard, and then you cut the beard after that. <laughs> oh, oh. So so dye the beard, dye the beard green. Right. Then go get a passport photo. Oh my God. Imagine I'd have to live with that for the rest of my life. No, they would be thinking you're like some. Trying to sneak in, I'd <laughs> be gonna be right. It's funny. I'm going out, pulled out. You get pulled out of the line every single time. Well, am I gonna have an issue flying tonight? Because I'm actually going on a plane tonight. Obviously, you got your, you know, your pre-check and all that. And they're gonna ask for my license. They always ask for my license. I don't look anything like the you guy have, in my license. You have clear. I have a TSA pre-check, but not clear. Not well, yeah. TSA pre-check's the best, bro. I, Newark, it actually is sometimes better. I'm not flying out of line, Newark tonight, by the, the way. The clear line is crazy. Imagine they take away his pre-check with the beard. <laughs> well, hold on. I'm going to show Tiki right now my license, okay? Let me see it. Tell me if I'm recognizable because I look like a different human being. <laughs> like, I, I don't think any no, security. Uh, well, how do I look in that? It kind of looks like you, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. What can they do, though? Can they actually say, I don't believe that's you? Like, well, what can they possibly do at airport security tonight? Well, they'll look. It's, what Thank they you. do is they look at your eyes and your nose. Height and weight, too. Well, height and weight, but it's like your eye. Your that's eye. that's different, too, F. Luke. Dude, think, think about your phones. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you have a phone that unlocks with face recognition, like, you can have a mask on or, like, you can have something over your mouth or something over your head. And it'll still recognize I'll tell you it. something about face recognition on your phone. I will never do it. I find it to be stupid. Why? I find it to be a waste of time. Why? Because wh- I, I want to like stare into my phone so that no, it opens. No. It, just, it, just, it just opens quickly. What you have going for you also, Evan, you're a public figure. There was a time a few years back when Doug Gottlieb worked here where he completely forgot his wallet ahead of a flight at JFK. Mm. I had to try to race his wallet to JFK for wow. him. He was on the way home. But I did not get there in time, and he was able to walk and talk his way through security by Googling himself. Oh, my God. Showing, true story. Oh, my God. And I had to live the weekend with Doug Gottlieb's wallet in my pocket until he returned until Monday. Wow. I, I don't know if I got to give Doug a lot of credit for that. Right. Or I, I would never or do be that. terrified of TSA. Well, what I thought, too, is <laughs> it's one thing that he got there. He had to board a flight back and was able to do it a second time. Wow. He was able to talk his way onto a plane by saying, Google me. He Googled himself, showed exactly who he was multiple times. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Here's my picture. That's, and he went through like 10 Googles, he told me. And that, and he did it both ways. He was right. able to get back. And this he got is, that's on why the clear, plane. That's why clear is good because you don't need your ID. You don't need your ID. You just need Really? Yeah. They, when you go to the airport. It's with your eyes. Oh, wow. So That's crazy. I, I didn't Sometimes get, they'll ask for a random check, but. 
a random check. Right. So just you just get randomly selected. Oh, oh I thought you meant like a check. Like you got to give no, money no, or no, something. No, 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 no. Security I check. I, I, I've seen clear at a lot of these arenas. Like I know Barclays Center has clear. I think Yankee Stadium has clear. But because I have TSA PreCheck with flying, and it is awesome. Like TSA PreCheck is like the greatest thing ever. Right. It's one of the great inventions of all time. Clear makes it better. Especially, How could it possibly be better? Like if you go, if you're in the Bahamas, you have clear. The pre-SA, TSA PreCheck line is long. But really? clear, it's just, you're right through. How do you sign up for clear? Just sign it up. Sign so I can up. sign up for clear. So I can go to the airport when tonight with both. Just you can case. sign up at the By airport. Way, you can sign up at the airport really? tonight. Oh wow! You can go to the kiosk before sign up, and when and then you can go into the clear line. How about that? But the clear line. Where are you going? JFK. I'm going to LaGuardia. Oh, yeah. what's wrong with that? What's wrong with LGA? It eh. stinks. The clear line there is bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's such an expert on flying. He knows how to break down the clear line. I was going to tell you LaGuardia since they redid it. It's gorgeous. It is like a different world. It is, but the clear line stinks. Okay, uh, I don't know. I just love LaGuardia now because I grew like up. our debate on stadiums yesterday. I know debate at the airport. <laughs> oh, dude, if I had to power, I, I don't even know if I can power rank the airports now because they're all so beautiful. Right. Like Newark's awesome too. Well, I when been, I was at Newark yeah. recently, they had waterfalls. I'm like, what the hell? Where am I? Terminal A? I don't remember the right. terminal. Well, I mean, I don't fly enough to like really be able to break it down that way. You fly every week. I, I do. A, I like, but it's it feels out of the way. It's a pain in the butt. Which one? A, Terminal A at oh, Newark. Oh, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I, but, I I know, can, but I can take my car there, my electric car, <laughs> charge it while I'm away, and come back and it's fully charged. Can every airport do that? Not every airport oh, can. Wow. Terminal A at Newark Airport. I think can. I think Kennedy is the one I, I dislike the most now. Oh, it's too far. I it's too it. far away from me where I'm coming from. And it like I haven't been there in a while. Maybe they've upgraded it. But it feels like LaGuardia and Newark have upgraded themselves. Mm-hmm. They've kind of brought themselves into the 21st century. Right. I don't know if Kennedy actually has. I got to double check. I've been mean, at Kennedy they, in a they while. They were the first to upgrade out of the three of them. Yeah, but that's a long but time ago, long so it's ago no longer it? updated. I, I I personally find JFK beautiful, some, especially the JetBlue terminal, but that's mm. just me. It's also, I'm there in a half an hour. Which is right. the one with the WFAN store? That used to be JFK closed down. The WFAN store closed down? That's what I was what? told. People tweeted me the picture of it a couple months ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I once went into the WFAN store, you know, and we had nothing there. It was just literally <laughs> an excuse yeah. to sell Yankee hats. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It was all team stuff more than our stuff. <laughs> so the airport named after a president is your least favorite, and yeah. you judge it based on amenities. When you judge it based on, like, security line, that's all we care about is getting into the airport and getting through security line. I don't care if it's dumpy looking. I think if I flew enough the way Tiki did, I probably would judge it like that. Yeah. But I fly so like I was thinking about it. I have flown twice in the last year. Yeah, I don't fly a lot. So AT- you flew twenty two times this year. I did. ATL is the worst. I probably more than that actually. ATL is <laughs> the worst. ATL is what Atlanta. Atlanta. It's too it's, massive. Well, it's massive, but the line is terrible. Even with clear with right. project, they have the, it's 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 impossible. Mm. And it's packed at six in the morning. Orlando's a nightmare too. Bunch of families and kids. <laughs> I, I liked Orlando when I was there. That was Annoying the annoying people. Recent airports I was at. As says the man without kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You're white only... planes very underrated, by the way. White planes is great. I love white. It's it's dumpy and it's small as hell. Yeah. But from a convenience standpoint, if you live in that suburban area. Like I do? Oh, you can't beat it. That's MacArthur on the island, too. Same thing. Not Great airport. Cares. Yeah. Dude, it's all about location. We'll get back to your calls in a second. 877-337-6666. Inclu- yes, a little baseball coming up at 4 o'clock, including a nightmare scenario for Met fans and Yankee fans that Tiki Barber will love, just because I know Tiki loves chaos. And so he'll love it. We'll get to that coming up at 4 o'clock. We've talked about Justin Jefferson potentially being available. There was a story... 
in Minneapolis about a couple days ago from Charlie Walters, who covers the Vikings, and he said there's, quote, steam towards Justin Jefferson being available. The GM of the Vikings, how do you correctly pronounce uh, the GM's last name again? Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Thank you very much. He denied it. He said not true. Now, do we trust what general managers say this time of year? Not really. So is there steam towards Justin Jefferson being available? I think where there's steam, there's smoke. Justin Jefferson. And where there's smoke, there's fire. But if the Jets were aggressors in trading for Justin Jefferson, and let's dare say they pulled something like that off, Tiki thinks they should. They definitely should. Would that create an issue with Garrett Wilson? You know, I don't think so. I think. So we've seen this in certain, in in other places. Um, but the, just it was a little bit different. Like when AJ Brown got traded to the Jet to the uh, Eagles, Eagles yeah. um, and Devonta Smith was there. But Devonta Smith was he was like he was really young. He was yeah. only his first year. Yeah, and so it wasn't like I've established myself as the man. You're coming in to take my spot as the man. And over the last couple of years, they've worked kind of you know really well together. I think you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans down in Tampa are the same way because we always talk about. Mike Evans being the man down there, and he is. He's had you know eleven thousand yard seasons in a row, which is a record to start a, a player's career. Um, but Chris Godwin is actually the higher targeted wide receiver, so he's more the guy, uh, especially with Baker Mayfield. So it can work. It just it has to be it it has to be managed by one the coach, but I think even more importantly the quarterback and. If there's a guy who can manage that, it's definitely Aaron Rodgers because he's bigger than both of them. Right, right, right. I think both guys would know that. Both Combined. guys are young. I mean, right. that, which is adds to this because when Justin Jefferson was like in middle school, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was winning MVPs. Right, right. When Garrett Wilson was in elementary That's school, right. Aaron Rodgers was winning MVP. So in a weird way, when you've got a 25-year-old in Justin Jefferson, which is crazy how young he is, mm. You would not think, even twenty five. He's not twenty five till you're, June. You're right. He's twenty. I I always think of age going into a to season. A season but right. you're right. His year twenty five year. His he's, next year. Right. If you ever trade for him, he's twenty five years old. But you're right that Rodgers would be able to handle it. But I just wonder about touches and targets and. But you, know, you got to think, man. So why did it work? So think about the last four years in Tampa. Let's just keep using that example because Chris Godwin and Mike Go- and uh, Mike Evans are there. Why did it work? Because they threw the ball 700-plus times. Right, but are the Jets even going to do that? They got Brees Hall. I, I, I mean, I don't know. And by the way, that leads <laughs> but to— Brees Hall is also a really good wide receiver. Yeah, you know, he is. Right? He can do it all. And so diversify yourself, man. Make this make it hard on opposing teams to know what you're doing and thinking. The Brees Hall question, though, uh, is interesting, and Kendrick Suffern wants to further that. What's up, Kendrick? Gentlemen, yeah, I was calling. Uh, you were taking my thunder there. I was hoping I'd get on here. Uh, I was telling Tommy, yeah, Tiki, as a running back, Brees Hall at the second half of the year started getting a lot of touches in the receptions. Right. Um, and so my thought and my question for you as a former running back is how does that affect your mindset going into a season when once again, you know, Brees is kind of getting moved over? And, and honestly, I know Garrett Wilson is – a talented wide receiver. He's a top 10 wide receiver in the game. Don't get me wrong, but he also won rookie of the year. In my opinion, I'm a big Brees guy and a running guy uh, because Brees got hurt. That's right. And so for me as a jet fan, I look at it and you were talking about Tampa, Mike Evans or Calvin Ridley, even Gabe Davis, someone who can stretch the field is more of what I want rather than a Justin Jefferson. Ideally I want him, but he kind of plays the same way as, as Garrett Wilson, where, um, 
Brees Hall would keep the defense honest at the line. Yeah. You get a guy who can stretch the field, and then it opens up the middle of the field for a guy like Garrett Wilson. So I was just wondering, as a running back who caught the ball out of the backfield, yeah. how that would – Well, so Brees, so Brees is interesting because – so I caught the ball out of the backfield mostly on checkdowns. I mean, it was – all right, we're going to run so, – so let's say I had 60 touches. Let's just average it uh, – or 70 receptions over the year. I think half of them were screens. And the other half were just check down over the ball. If everything goes to crap elsewhere, I'm just going to throw it to you. And you're going to make a guy miss. And so maybe I had 30 design passes that would go to me. But they weren't like what running backs do now, where they actually are playing wide receiver positions. Brees Hall can do can do that, just like B. John Robinson in Atlanta can do that. He can line up as a slot. He can line up as the X. Uh, you can run them on bubble screens. You can you can run them on angle routes. You can do all these different things with 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 Brees. But to me, like touches matter more than he had thirty carries this game or and only two or seven. Touches matter. And all running backs think that way. I, I think running backs are starting to be conditioned to think that way, right? Because they see the most successful one in the game right now. Is Christian McCaffrey. Right. And Christian McCaffrey, yeah, he rushed for whatever it was, 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards this year. But he doesn't care. He just wants the ball. Yeah. I I would hope that's what right. Brees Hall would be thinking, give, too. Give me the chance to be a playmaker. And with the way that defenses have, especially in that front four, have have started dominating the run games, because we all they all run the same crap up front. It's all it's all, you know, inside zone. Maybe sometimes you're pulling a little bit. But it's just like there's not under center running. There's not power running. You don't see all these things that used to be in the in the in the bygone era. So it's harder for running backs to to rush for sixteen hundred yards. He's right. not going to do it. Doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So give me touches, and I think Brees Hall would would thrive in that kind of situation. Let's see if you can thrive right now because <laughs> it's combine week. So it's Uh-oh. time to whip out another edition of. How much does Tiki know about Tiki? How much does Tiki know about Tiki? Bench press. How'd you do in the bench press? I got the exact details right in front of me right now. 225. Holy crap. I think I did 12 times. Well, you nailed 225 15 times. How much does Tiki know about Tiki? Is 225 like a basic number? Is that a number that that most guys do? That's that's what you do. Oh, okay. That's that's not impressive that you got that. It's only only 225. So it's 225, and how many times you could do 225? Yes, it's the most useless thing in the the world. How much could could you do right now if you went to the gym? Uh, I put 225 on a rack. I'm not spotting you because I'm weak. probably do 12 or 13 now. Wow. Wow, right. that's sick, dude. So, that so, is... so, 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 timeout. When I came into the league, I was not strong. I was just fast. Right. Like I was, I mean, I was strong for a normal man, but for a football relative to what I was when I started working out with Joe Carini and really got good and strong and like thick. Coming out of high college, two fifteen times, but in my like year thirty season, I probably could do two twenty five, twenty two times. Wow. I mean, I was huge. Damn. How many times I could do 225? Not once. Not one time. I don't think I could do 125. You might not be able to squat 225. I Dude, I couldn't squat my own body weight. If I tried to do squats right now, I'd be in pain after two of them. Watch. I'll show you. Describe this to the audience. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't boy. rip your pants. You got to take a flight. Well, I got, well, what I got to do with my hands? No, no, no. I said don't rip your pants. Oh, don't rip my pants. <laughs> Why don't you do a jump sore after one? I know. I used to do squats back in the day. When right. I was in like shape and I was going to the gym, 
I could definitely do like 10, but with 10 pounds right. on me. I love squatting. 10 but pounds? Yeah, I would do 10 pounds. Yeah, any more than that, I'm going to break my back. Do you yeah. know how much the bar weighs? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The bar weighs 45 pounds. Uh-huh. The bar weighs 45 pounds? Yes. So when you're putting up a bench press or a squat, the first 45 pounds are only on the bar. Yep. Wait, so when I was, but I put a, a plate on the bar. So I actually did 55 pounds. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Damn, yes. look at or, me. Or 60 if you put two tens on. Wow. 65 Yeah, pounds. I, did, I did two tens, so right. I did 65 pounds. That's right. I always thought I just did like a 10. So when you bench press 225, you're actually only moving of, of weights. You're only moving like 180. What, do you, what do you mean by, oh, because the, I got you. You're including the, the bar. Yeah. That's how little I know. Yeah. All right, one more question for how much does Diggy know about Diggy? Your vertical leap. Hmm. How much does Tiki know about Tiki? I'm going to say 36 and a half. 36. That's a good guess. 35 and a half. Oh, it's close. 35 and a half. At least I knew it was a half. No, you were close. <laughs> within the... Is that a good vertical leap, by the way? It's good enough. <laughs> I got He's shorter in the first too. round. Yeah. I don't it's know what to do is short. It's like it's just relative to your explosion. If Sean did like, a vertical, if you're tall, it doesn't matter because. Well, wouldn't it be higher? Or are you saying they lower that no matter what? No, it's just it's based on where you reach. So you you get up, if right? You can see me and. Nobody, nobody can see me, but I'm standing up. They I'll make describe you it. Reach. Standing up, his arms are in the air. So you stand up and you reach. He's right. reaching up. And that's the base. Right. And then from there, you jump. Right. So in theory, if you're taller, wouldn't you get a higher grade? <laughs> no. No. It's based on your relative Okay. Height. So so they adjust it depending on if you're taller yes. or not. Okay. Yes. What yes. do you think Sean's vertical leap would be if he tried it right now? Uh, if you got to 35.5 inches. I think he would... He would be under twenty. Under twenty, no doubt. I got short arms and no ups. But and it's you, not even. It doesn't matter about your your arms. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's part of your reach. There's a movie yeah, named about, think us. about it. Like when you jump, you jump and reach. Right. So they baseline you with your arms up. Okay, so the, if I'm just standing there, they that's what they account for. Right. Yeah, it's my not short your arms. head. It's not your head. Okay. They're accounting where your arms reach. Okay. Right. So and my little what, dinosaur arms don't matter. That doesn't matter. So when you jump. Just imagine right, jumping. I'm going to jump. Now, right? I want to see you jump. Imagine right. jumping without, right. like, using Sean your arms. put his hands up in the air. But He's you have, you have to sky. use your arms to jump. Let's see how right, he so does he it. Jump. He right. jumped. He banged his head <laughs> on something. That's amazing. What'd you bang your head on? I'll be jumped right. again. No, I, think it, I think it's actually, like, 12. Yeah, that's the, barely getting <laughs> off the ground. I think, I think like I'd 12. beat you in a vertical leap. I'm not a jumper. I'm not a leaper. I'm not a fighter. I think I found the one sports activity yes. I'd beat him in very cleanly. I think I would have a better vertical leap than you. I'm a good stationary athlete. Right? Okay. Do you, I, is I it, underestimated myself on bench press and on vertical You underestimated leap. yourself, and you overestimated him. I did. That's one thing. Uh, let's go to Jim and West Harrison. How you doing, Jim? Good. How you guys doing? We're good. Good, man. This is part two. How dumb are WFN hosts? <laughs> okay. How dumb are WFN hosts, Jim? Part uh, the first person doesn't know that Frank Sinatra is a local New York boy. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I agree. I thought yeah. Sean should have been suspended. I'm a for fat that moron. He's right. more known for being in Vegas. Right. Okay. No, he's, no, he's not. No, he's not. Have you ever been to Hoboken? Come on. No, actually. <laughs> it's across okay. the river. You can walk All right, there. Jim, Jim here's, here's his excuse. He's never been to Hoboken. Yeah, by the way, you can't walk there. I'd have to walk on water. <laughs> no, you have to walk on the bridge. Yeah, you could go over the bridge. You could walk over the bridge. Right. What bridge? That's it. The George Washington That's part bridge. two. The second, the second person we have to acknowledge is a guy who criticizes 
general managers, coaches, players, every single day on the radio. Who's that? That same person writes a book about the Mets. (laughs) It doesn't acknowledge his partner that does a podcast about said Mets. Uh, (laughs) He criticizes everything about everybody, but when it comes time to do something right, he gets it wrong. I got How one. I everybody every day and get this thing so wrong. Well, but guess what? Guess what I'm going to do, Jim? I'm going to admit maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I should have thanked Pete Hoffman in my brand new book, My Mets Bible, on sale April 2nd. You can pre-order right now on Amazon. I forgot when I was writing all the acknowledgments and I was checking the boxes. By the way, Tierney said I shouldn't have even thanked you, Tiki. Why? He's like, you barely know the guy. But I'm going to help you sell books. That's right. I forgot to mention that. Tiki <laughs> you know help what? me sell books. BT just realized he no longer has Tiki to help him sell a book. <laughs> <laughs> but I admit, I should have acknowledged Pete Hoffman. I thought about yes. it. Does the Rico with me? Endless hours, like last night, 9 o'clock at night. He's away from his family, and we're breaking down Trace Thompson's quick start in spring training. It's a bad job out of me. But where I disagree is that at least I'm taking ownership of it. Hmm. I'm admitting I screwed up. Yes. What can I do? So will so you when now... you go your book signing, here's what you do. Yeah. You write, Bob, I hope you enjoy the book, Evan Roberts. Thanks, Pete Hoffman. <laughs> so write thanks, Pete Hoffman, on every autograph I sign? Yes. That seems fair. Oh, wait, that's you? better than an acknowledgement. It is. That is better it's than like an acknowledgement. It's like real-time acknowledgement. You're right. What? Will you now admit you lied in your book? So, lied about what? Lied in your book. I have in my hand my, bets, oh, my wait, Mets Bible. This. Let me read I this. What you, okay. Where are we going? Where are we April going? 2nd. You can pre-order now on Amazon. What page am I going to? to so, no, slide? right off the bat. Introduction. So that's page introduction. one. Introduction. Okay. By the way, are we supposed to bring these in every day? Because mine's already home. Uh, yes. Yes. There's endless material here. Okay. Go ahead. So first paragraph, middle of the paragraph. I quote. This is Evan. At age nine, At I age played nine. with wrestling figures. I don't anymore. <laughs> Care to uh, admit that that's a lie? <laughs> wow. I didn't even, I'm reading this last night. I'm like, this son of a bitch lied immediately. Immediately. This isn't even the book. This is the introduction. This is the forward. This is not his first game. Oh, by the way, the first game Evan ever scored, they lost. That's an amazing can catch, Lugie. Amazing. Can, I want to address that. I want to address that. Okay. He is right. I have three sentences into my book. I write, quote, at age nine, I played with wrestling figures. I don't anymore. I want to acknowledge that. At the time of this writing, I did not play with wrestling figures. Mm-hmm. My two sons are now into wrestling figures, mm-hmm. and so I play wrestling figures with them. Evan, when that you is ru- very different no, no, than no, no, no. me playing with wrestling figures still, like I was not. Are you or are you not playing with wrestling figures? I am playing with wrestling figures with so my sons. It is a lie. Yeah, and Come you. On. No, 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 Evan, and you could foreshadow thanking Tiki and myself and your acknowledgments, as you've said, <laughs> but you could not foreshadow that maybe your son of seven who love wrestling would start playing wrestling figures soon. Well, okay. It, first of all, it, it, can I read the context of what I wrote? Yes, please. so it makes sense. Okay. All right. Despite decades upon decades going by and plenty of life changes, I remain completely dedicated to scoring just about every Mets game played. At age nine, I played with wrestling figures. I don't anymore. At age 14, I collected baseball cards. I don't anymore. I'm a loser. At age 22, I would go to karaoke bars and sing my lungs out. I don't anymore. I'm a loser. But through all of those hobbies, one has remained constant. 
My absolute love affair with sitting down and scoring a baseball game. I'm a loser. So in the context <laughs> yes. of what I'm writing. Right. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's for it's for furthering of the story or the importance of scoring. I mean, because the way that I'm playing sense. and thank you. And the way I'm playing with wrestling figures right now is very different than the way I did it when I was nine. When I was doing it when I was nine, it was me. You know, making believe this is real. Now I'm doing it with a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. So if that's the best you got, Lugie, keep reading, bro. I got through about a page or two, and that's all I got. I have a lot of reading to do. This is an endless source of material this book. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. this we'll going... get to the Wilmer Flores game maybe next week, because I read that chapter already. <laughs> Embarrassing. The Wilmer Flores game's at the end of the book. Embarrassing. Did I was you... skipping through. Oh, you're skipping through? Yeah. I do make the book very easy to skip through. It's got a table of contents where you can see each game. So if you're like, I don't really care about 1997, you could jump to the 2020s or the 2010s. Like the Johan no-hitter, page 264. You can go right to it. I also thought it was funny and very fitting that the first game that Evan scored in his life, the Mets lost. That is true. So that was foreshadowing. That is true. The odds say that was likely. That was likely. (laughs) It was 1992. You know how many times they lost that year, Teak? A lot. A lot. Put it that way. Let's go to Billy in Brooklyn. You're on the fan, Billy. What's up? Hey, what's up, boys? Yo. Hey, what's going on? Listen, ah. first of all, I want to tell you guys I have tremendous respect for both of you. Thank you, man. I have no I have no, you know, place to even talk about football with Tiki Balder in the room. But I feel the same absolutely. way sometimes. <laughs> absolutely you do. But, you enjoy right? the game. Let's talk. There's always a but. The but <laughs> is I I'm a die hard loser. Times Infinity Jeff in. Okay. And I totally disagree with the Jefferson thing. You don't want totally. Justin Jefferson. He's not good Who enough for it? you. No. <laughs> He's terrible. We can win without him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. We need a number two. We have a we have a talent in Garrett. Why are we going to disturb it and add to this circus that of the New York Jets? What, you Why? think you think Justin Jefferson would add to the circus? I actually think he is a calm, like measured, like just a mature star in this league, and he's young. Tiki, with all due respect, it has nothing to do with him as a person and who he is. Right. It's the it's New York, and we are gonna and the Jets fans. We will ruin it. We will ruin <laughs> oh, it. Oh, well, so this is you being defeatist. We will just, Oh, stop. No, no, no. The, the, the circus, when he said circus, can I tell you how I would interpret that? Go ahead. The, the ex- hype. You're the, talking about the hype. Yeah, that's how right. I would. The expectation circus that comes with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, a true number one in Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. and now an acquired number one in Justin Jefferson. And look, here's the truth about the quote-unquote circus. The New York Jets will forever be a circus. And sometimes you could be a good circus, and sometimes you could be a bad circus. Sometimes you take your family to the circus, and you're like, that was one hell of a show. And sometimes the elephant goes to the bathroom, never moves, and the circus is terrible. The New York media, we as Jet fans, the history of this franchise, that's all the circus. So it's not about, I'm afraid of the circus. It's going to be a circus no matter what. Yeah. To me, it's the cost. You know, Calvin Ridley, after serving his suspension, came back last year and had a really good year for Jacksonville. Did. And I look at a guy like that and I say, okay, now I'm going to send him to his third franchise, coming to the Jets, but I bring him in as a number two, 
He's still young, not as young as Jefferson, but young. He's not going to take the political capital to get him, the mm-hmm. draft capital to get him, and he's not going to cost as much contract-wise. Well, is, is he free or is he under? He's a free agent. Yeah, I mean, He's available. That's why I bring him up. That, to me, while not as sexy, is a damn good fit. It is. It is. But when you think about the teams that, it, that have found like success with multiple elite wide receivers, forget the tight ends because I mean, they're basically wide receivers too, but just forget them for now. It's teams like the 49ers with Ayuk and Debo Samuel, and they found a way despite also having to give touches to Christian McCaffrey. Sound familiar? Brees Hall. Right? They found a way to keep both those guys happy and very productive, and so it's doable. I think uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are, are another one. Uh, the, the Rams mm-hmm. surprised everybody. We thought that, we thought that the Rams were going to win five games this year, but with Puka Nakua – his rise, and with Cooper Cup there, they can do it with two number ones. Miami with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, right? So it's it's doable with two like alpha A one stars. You just have to be able to manage their expectations, and and again, coach and quarterback have to be right. And I think coach, no, I hope <laughs> coach, and I know quarterback will be right for the Jets. Yeah, I feel like we got half that right. right. We'll get to plenty more of your football calls. The show rolls on 877-337-6666. But there is, I'll use the phrase growing steam, because that was the quote to describe a potential Justin Jefferson trade from a local Minneapolis writer. There is a growing steam towards something happening in our city that will break up families, that will cause rifts between friends, and would actually change the complexion of our radio station to its core. And yet Tiki Barber will celebrate it if it actually happens. I'll describe what can cause that kind of angst between Met fans and Yankee fans, and it's damn realistic. We approach 4 o'clock on the fan. In just 30 minutes, we will hear from Bad Tiki in about an hour and a half at 5.30 every day. This is going to be reliable for you. Every day till opening day, you'll get to hear a random John Sterling home run call. Now, Tiki Barber has no idea what I'm about to say, but I've already projected his opinion on a subject. Okay. Because Tiki has said numerous times that he likes chaos. I do like chaos. He loves chaos. It makes it fun to talk. I understand. And that's why I assume that he is going to love what I'm about to say. And I hate what I'm about to say. Folks, there is a growing steam, if you will, towards something inevitably happening that will shake the core of our city forever. That will change relationships forever. <laughs> I think will change radio shows at this place forever. I think just changes the way we talk to each other. And that is the growing steam of inevitability that Major League Baseball, I don't even want to say it, will eventually realign and have the New York Yankees and the New York Mets in the same division. Nice. I think it's happening. Why do you, why do you think, first of all, why do you think it's happening? So uh, thank you for asking, Teak. Um, we are now moving towards a conclusion to the A's saga, mm. to the Rays saga, mm. and that Major League Baseball will say, okay, we have our stadium situations figured out. And once that happens, they're going to expand. Nashville's going to get a baseball team, and another city will get a baseball team. I'm not sure which one. And once that happens, they are going to realign because Rob Manfred and even Bud Selig, they have been eyeing this forever. And you know who else has been eyeing this forever? The players. Mm. Because you know what the players don't want to do? They don't want to travel. They don't want to travel that much. And if all of a sudden you had a division that featured the Phillies, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Red Sox, now they could go 
17 divisions, but I'm just guessing, or 18 divisions. They could go 14 divisions. But bottom line is, they're all going to be close to each other geographically. Right. And Four you, makes sense. Four with 32 teams is like the NFL. Like the NFL. Makes so much sense. And you play those teams 13 times a year. That means 28 times you're never even getting on a freaking plane. Hmm. So the players want it, and the owners want it, and some of you people out there, you want it too, and you're wrong. Okay, so why now that you're getting there? Because you say we're it's wrong. It's wrong. It's why dirty. Do you not, and it's disgusting. Why do you not want this to happen? Is this about the continuity, uh, the the history, the the comparison over decades of Major League Baseball? Is that what this is about? There's a lot of reasons you hit on one of them, but that's not the, like the main one. But mm. certainly that's a part of it. Yes, I care about history. I don't like just commingling the two leagues. I just don't think as a city we could deal with this. This is a time where we got to come together. But why? Okay. We cannot have the Yankees and the Mets sharing a division. It's, what? This is not the time for it. We can't handle it. Huh. Guys like Sean or Robert, can you imagine BT and Sal? They'll kill each other. They'll be dead. Like, they will actually both kill each well, other, actually, and we're going to have to find a new midday show. I think, I think it would be less explosive. Less explosive? Yes. We'd be battling well, for the same prize. Right, so we see, we see this with in hockey. Right? We see it in... Yeah, Rangers, Islanders, Devils all together. Ba- basketball, we see it. Okay. Yep. Right? Yeah. Football, we don't. And okay. you, don't, you don't need to see it in football because there's not enough games. And like, when they play it special, it's cool. We had this debate with Sean earlier. But, I mean, I think it lessens the intensity of the rivalry. No, no, no. You're dead wrong. First of all, the NHL and the NBA has had it for our lifetimes. Hmm. Okay? So it's something that we've always had for the most part. Since the Islanders came into the league and since the Nets came over from the ABA and nobody cares about the Nets. It's not the same. The passion level in this city of Yankees-Mets, think about this. The Yankees fans and the Mets fans, they don't really like each other. And we really don't have much to do with each other. And but now, that's it. But now we do. But now if they have to see each other often, don't they like each other more? No. No, no, Tiki. It will be more intense. But what Evan just hit on is the truth. And it's a Met fan thing more than anything. They like saying after they lost... Remember, we're not real rivals. Remember, this, uh-huh. that, and the other thing. It takes away their excuse when they lose to the Yankees. It takes away yeah. our excuse. It takes away your excuse, too, by the way, blubber man. I mean, come on. It's the same thing. I'd rather see you than the Blue Jays multiple times in a year because I know you guys are going to get it wrong more years than not. <laughs> really? Yeah. That really? Feels, yeah. Really? really? You want to deal with that? Yeah, Steve Cohen really. had a quiet offseason this year. He may not have a quiet offseason next yeah. season. All right, I'll he believe may not have it. a quiet offseason the year after that. This is Do great. you want to deal with a behemoth like the Mets? I don't want to deal with a behemoth mm, like you. No, but I more deal than with that, it. I don't want to deal with you. No, I you don't want to deal with all of us bickering like children. Okay, so what's the bickering going to be? Is it going to be like the like the results of the games? Oh my god! Is it going to be the the, the race oh, for the Sean, division? Tiki, tiki, and tiki. if it's the race for the division, I would argue that that makes it even more interesting. Tiki, tiki. It makes more it fun. More fun. Here's what the big ring for chaos. Yeah. It yeah. makes for unbelievable sports talk radio. We, we don't need chaos. Why not? Well, I mean, we already have enough of it in this city. We need more chaos. I think the, I think the stakes get higher if both the Mets and the Yankees are in the same division, oh. and it makes it. I don't know. It makes what could be a, I don't know, benign situation into one that could be explosive all the time. Why is that bad? It's tiring. Like you want to fight with your brothers and tiring. sisters and cousins ever, dude. The being fight a, being a fan is tiring in general. No, like, but th- this is times ten because you asked what it would be like. So when the Yankees are playing opening day against the Astros, mm-hmm. for the most part, we as Met fans are like, "Hey, good for you. That's your opening day. Right. We got our opening when day." The Yankees are playing the Mets on opening. No, day? No, no, forget Mets playing the Yankees because that's natural. We're playing each other. 
Yankees are playing the Astros. Mets are playing the Brewers. Now, all of a sudden, Sean, BT, McPherson, Big Mac, they're going to care about that Met Brewer game big time. Just like we're going to care about Yankees Astros and we're going to taunt you after every game and you're going to taunt us. Every time we don't play each other is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's like childish. It's like, ah, oh, whatever. We're going to bust the bet balls, bust the Yankee balls. If they're in the same division battling for that same crown, oh, I love it. are you kidding me? No, I love it. Every Evan, day is going to be like a war. Evan, I, newsflash, that's called fun. Bro. <laughs> is that really yeah. fun? Yes. The Ranger Islander thing is fun. I wish the Nick Net thing was more fun, but the Yankees-Mets is already fun. Now, if you put them in the same division where they matter, it'd be awesome. And by the way, it would take a couple years. Also, nothing new in baseball. The Brewers switch leagues. Mm -hmm. The Astros switch leagues. Just because we haven't seen stuff like that in New York. I'm sorry, bro. I think this would be awesome. Before I hear Lugie's opinion, I want to make something very, very clear to you, Sean. I know what's happening right now, and I understand it. The New York Mets being like a behemoth is a theory. It hasn't really happened. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Cohn's had some aggressive moments, certainly Max Scherzer, yeah. Justin Verlander, but they haven't been that ultimate thorn yet. And I think where you're living is you're living in a world of LOL Mets, the Mets will met, and sure, bring them on. Have them in our division. We'll lead them up every time. And I think that's easy to have that opinion today. You will regret this. Huh. I'm saying this as a friend. Also, I'm saying this okay, as a so, colleague. You will regret so this. So then why are you so anti this? Because I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have a war with the Yankees every day. I don't want to whip tradition and throw it in the toilet. I don't want the Mets and Yankees battling for the same thing. What I want is the dream scenario that, yeah, maybe we play in the World Series. Maybe we get the ultimate revenge from 2000. Not we're battling for the East. Yeah, but it's, what's that? I mean, it's like you're... It's like you're looking at history and you're revering it so much that you can't see that change is important. Yeah, also. Or that evolution is important, right? That that, that's, that happens in life. It happens in every, every, politics. It's happened in everything that's existed I, on this planet. It's happened in baseball. No, I don't compare the your Brewers book, your going Met, to the no, least. Stop. No, my Mets Bible, which is in stores soon and on Amazon. April you can do the pre-order. Amazon, yeah. <laughs> okay. You start, <laughs> you start with a game in 92. It goes through here. Yeah. Evan. You've seen the evolution of all of a sudden there was a Subway series. There was interleague play. Now it's every series. Facts. Now there's a DH in Facts, both leagues. Sean. Baseball, there's pace of play rules. Preach Baseball on. has completely changed every Sean. step of the way. It's all this change. would be. It's going to be robot ump soon. Yeah, all this would be is another step towards more fun on a sport no. that a lot of young people no. would say so, needs more fun. So, Tiki. I respect where you're coming from Mm -hmm. because I think he's being genuine that he just wants chaos. It'll be fun. And that's great. But it's good chaos. Uh, I I understand that. It creates an added stake. Okay. It makes, I mean, honestly, let's face it, our jobs more interesting. I don't care about my job right now. I'm talking about my heart and my stomach. That's fine. He's not being genuine. Put your fan aside. Put your Odyssey hat on. No, I'm not putting my, I'm a fan. I'm not, I'm not putting any freaking corporate hat on. This is my, my job is not to act like I'm a suit. No. My job is to act like a fan. I'm As a fan, I don't want it. Suit. I'm talking about being a host of a radio show that would now have intense debate. Okay, so you. Intense conversation. You're good. About 13 uh, games in a Major League Baseball season. So you're good. Especially with the division on the line coming down to okay. the end of the season. Okay. And I don't know, Pete Alonzo's hurt. But Aaron Judge is still mashing, right? All that stuff. It's, 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 why is that not good? So you, I want you to tell us and why, because this affects them greatly. I want you to tell them. 
that baseball night in New York is going to need a new host because one day, randomly, Brandon Tierney is going to physically assault <laughs> Sal Licata and you're just going to need a fill-in host. Because right. that's going to happen if we're in the same division. SNY, Understand that. BT would gladly come host. <laughs> He's going to physically assault him and then take his job. Almost but, did the moose once. Is that true? <laughs> YouTube. Interesting. I'll go down that rabbit hole. But you, on the other hand, you're not being genuine. I am. Because you're looking at this as the Mets are the LOL Mets. So great, bring them in. Let's get this, you know, pansy Met team in our division and we'll beat them up. And I get why you think that. Because they haven't proven otherwise. But I think you're going to regret that if the Mets are this big market behemoth that I hope they are and a consistent winner that I hope they are. And then you're going to regret saying, yeah, bring them into our division. You're not going to want that. This is proof you don't know me well enough yet. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, do I think LOL Mets? And do I think, by the way, that by the Mets being in the same division, it might again further force Hal Steinbrenner and company to continue to spend more money and not sit back and worry about luxury taxes? Sure, you can't. You first of all, you can't let the Mets out spending. Now you really can't in your own right. division. So I think it helps the Yankees. But Evan, as somebody who used to work on the national side, like Tiki did, I've been fortunate enough to travel all over, go to all these cities. I always come back to one thing. I am thankful that I was born in this town and mm-hmm. born in this city. And why? Because it's so freaking unique that we have multiple sports teams in every single yeah. sport. And I love the idea that I grew up and went to school and my you know sisters are marrying. And we have all of these you know different fan bases and the conversation and the fun banter. It doesn't mean slug each other in the face with a brick. To me, that is so unique and so different. And if this makes Yankees Mets more important and more intense, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at it as bring it on, and this is awesome. Hmm. Lugie? So I'm glad Sean said that because he teed me right up because Sean has lived a life as a Yankee fan. Now, if I were to follow (laughs) suit as Evan, I would write a book, My Life as a Met Fan Living in a Yankee World. And the subtitle would be, It Sucks! And I have to deal with the fact that I most likely made an awful life decision. This entire book that Evan read is basically my awful existence as a Met fan because it's we're the same age. Now, I digress. I have to deal with it enough. Can you just stay out of our division? I used to, It used to drive me crazy when the Yankees would play in the National League and they'd go, This DH is stupid. <laughs> Stick in the American League and leave our National League. Now, we lost that war. I don't want to lose this one either. I don't want to deal with it day in and day out. Because a little brother, you don't see that side of it. It sucks. It just does. And maybe Evan, his plan with Steve Cohen comes to fruition and we become the big brother. I doubt it. But there's a chance that that happens, and maybe we have a different conversation. But for right now, in my 38 years on this life, in this planet, it has sucked being a Met fan, and it has sucked having to deal with you Yankee fans, and I don't want to deal with you day in, day out. Day in and day out. When it comes to our business. I agree. What happens, let's just say, hypothetically, the Mets become this behemoth that every Met fan has been talking about with King Cohen and everything else that they like to say about his ability mm-hmm. to spend money because of his billions and his huh? decision or his, or his statement that he wants to win a championship okay. in however many years and not quite there yet, but still, sure. right? There's a belief that he's going to make this Mets team viable for now and years to come. What happens when you get better than the Yankees? Well, then what? Then, then like what you're all your, everything that you're saying is invalidated because then it's you doing the, the big brothering on the little brother. You know what I mean? I'm glad you brought that up, Teak, because first chapter of uh, My Mets Bible, April 2nd, <laughs> on Amazon, you can pre-order now, it talks about Generation K. How'd that turn out? <laughs> How did DeGrom, Harvey, Noah Syndergaard, how'd that turn out? No. How is Steve Cohen going to turn out? I got to see it! 
I've been hearing for 40 years. Oh, the Mets, they're going to be. It hasn't happened yet. So wake me up when it does. You know, here's my, I don't want to say it's my checkmate. But you both, Tiki and Sean, and, and Lugie, I won't include because you're all, we're already on the same side. Mm-hmm. You guys are Giant fans. Of course. I mean, do I you, play for the Giants. I understand that. I'm just making a point where yes. I'm going to go. Yeah, and I dreamt do of you, playing for them. Do you, do you want the Giants and Jets in the same division? Would you uh, think that'd be cool? Would you want that? I, I, lo- I love your hesitation because no, you're no, just no. proving my point. My point would be I would not be anti it, but I'm more for it in baseball. Uh, okay. What's your opinion? Do you want Jets and Giants in the same division? If you told me, hey, I'm giving you this one-year chance to make this happen, yes, I do. You would actually accept that? Yes, I would. Would you accept that, Tiki? Mm, I mean, probably, but I, probably. I would rather it not. Okay. <laughs> what? It's, you know why? Okay, go, keep going. All I'm saying is I think it works that we're separate. Like, do we compare each other, Jet fans and Giant fans? Of course. Do we go back and forth? Of course. Is there, like, a rivalry as I put the bunny ears yeah, out? Yeah, but see, that's the yeah. problem. That's the problem. I don't think – so I've heard this since the moment I came into this town. Got drafted in 97. I get here. I'm, like, so excited about joining the New York Giants, even though I was I grew up a Redskins or the then Redskins fan. And all I heard was, oh, it's great, but, you know, they won the championships, but this is a baseball town. Mm-hmm. It's a baseball town. Yes, right. That's all. That's all I ever heard. It's a baseball town. It's a baseball town. And for the longest time, I never felt like I got the actual rivalry of the Mets and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Not ultimately, it did happen in the World Series. But the thing that always drove me crazy about the Giant Jet relationship is it. It feels like they hated each other, but they never played a meaningful game. Right. Ever. Right. We played a preseason every year. That was the only thing that we did. And it was like, this is, means nothing unless both of us get to the Super Bowl, which is so unlikely. You would randomly have regular season games that matter every right, four but years, it, but, but it wouldn't not, happen that not, often. But it was so benign. Right. It was like once, and in, in, in now, now it's every four years, but then it just felt so random. Right. The Jet giant rivalry. It's like, why do you hate the Jets? You, we never play them. Like, be- literally never play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Unless we get to the Super Bowl, and then it would be awesome for the city. Sure. And so the fact that this is a baseball town and – I guess we get the Subway Series here and there, but to have a division rivaled in a baseball town that's as as intense as the Yankees and the Mets would be would be awesome. But we don't need it. Why not? Because Met fans and Yankee fans already don't love each other. We already have a rivalry. Mm-hmm. We don't need it to take it to that extreme. Plus, you take away the best possibility of the Mets and Yankees, and that's a World Series. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, we're never as, seeing that again. But, Sean, okay, you can say that now. As great as Rangers-Islanders is, as much as it would be great to see them play in the playoffs, I mean, we haven't seen it in a long time. As Not great since as, 94, they play in the same division. I, I understand <laughs> that. We haven't seen it in a long time. I get it. That's what I'm talking about. As great as it would be, though, to see the Islanders sneak in this year and have that first playoff series since 94 where the Islanders got completely smoked, wouldn't it be better if they could play in a Stanley Cup? Just ask yourself that question. Wouldn't it be better? Just a little bit better? Mm, a little bit I better? I mean, yeah, obviously. Okay, so yeah, obviously. That's all I'm asking. Why would you want to take that away? Like, Sean could say we'll never have a World Series. You don't know that. You really don't. It's possible we have one this season. As crazy as that sounds. Why take that away? As unlikely as it is that the Jets and Giants would play in a Super Bowl, it could happen. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to take the ultimate away? And see, there's the problem with society in 2024. You talk about, oh, wouldn't it be great every day? Wouldn't it be exciting? You want your short-term benefit giving up 
the possibility yeah. of the ultimate game. And the ultimate gain is a Super Bowl. The ultimate gain is a World Series. And you're willing to throw that away for the cheap thrills of, isn't it fun in May that Yankee (laughs) fan and Met fan are yelling at each other? No. Because the 2% chance we ever see it again is not worth the exchange of, I want every year the Yankee-Met games to actually matter. And there's no guarantee they matter right now. In the I, I disagree. In fact, I'll tell you something even more but unpopular. Wouldn't you want a Yankee Met opening day once in a blue moon? You can have that with interleague play every day, by eh, the way. They'll space it out. They won't do that. They may not they... do it, but you're asking me, would I mind a Met Yankee opening day? I've even suggested I think that would be great. It'd be like a festival of baseball. Mm-hmm. I'd have basically opening day at Yankee, the next day opening day at City. I think that'd be awesome. So that's a great idea, completely unrelated to this. They already play each other. I've already admitted that they play each other. I'm not banning interleague play. What I'm saying is we shouldn't be battling in the same division. It's a bad idea. And you know what scares me? Yeah. What scares me half to death is that most of you guys and gals listening, you actually want this crap. Well, You actually think this is good. Well, think about the convenience. Yes. Think about what you meant. You said something earlier, and it's and it's. I think it's an important point because the travel is so exhausting. Oh, in Major League Baseball. Oh, it's so it, tiring being first class on it, an airplane. It's not even that. It's just, Cry it's me just, a river. It's just you're constantly going a, a long way for, and you play 162 of these things. Right, think, think about this. Like, Major League Soccer and, you know, MLS season just started. It's, it's, it's on coming. I'm actually going over to the Red Bulls home opener uh, next weekend. Not this weekend. Next weekend. Nice. Against FC Dallas. But I think about how daunting it is for MLS soccer teams. They're not. It's not a fifteen billion dollar industry, but they travel all over the country, as opposed to English Premier League, which travels just within England, which is fifty thousand square miles. England, England is the, the 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 island is. The United States is almost four million square miles. Mm. Like the travel is daunting, and so if you can cut that out and make it. Probably less tiring, more competitive, yeah. more more efficient. Doesn't that make sense? I know what you're doing. From a competitive I, standpoint, I doesn't what... that make sense? No. From a regional rivalry, no. doesn't that make sense? Because here's the no. issue: like baseball, and, and and Sean talked about the national the, doing the national show, and, and I did it as well on CBS Sports uh, Radio. It's baseball felt really regional. It was hard to talk it is, about. It is regional. We couldn't we, okay. we couldn't talk about it. I understand. Because people most of the people didn't care. It's a regional sport. It's a I admit regional that. sport. Why not just officially make it a regional sport? Well, first of all, I, I appreciate that you told us the story of why this is going to happen. Because the players don't want to travel anymore. <laughs> and I appreciate you laying that out as a former player who says, you know what? I don't want to get on a plane to go to California. I get that. That's why this is going to happen. <laughs> now, it may not happen in the next couple of years, but it's happening before we're all dead. Okay, we're going to see this, and it disgusts me. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. And it's so typical of him as a Yankee fan, Sean, to be like, yeah, bring it on, because he's a tough guy. That's why he wants it now. Well, he thinks that the Yankees are always going to be on top. He thinks it's easy. Which and is Lugie, what I posited to, to Lugie. And what, happen, the, what happens when the Mets are consistently right, on Right, he's got the complete opposite view of we'll always be on the bottom. Right. Just look at our horrible history. Let's go to Lee and Levittown. It's in your book. It is. Oh, it's all there. Detailed in the Lee is in Levittown. What's up, Lee? What's up, Lee? Guys, uh, hi. It's a great conversation. I think the two things that were the greatest thing for baseball were the CH being in both leagues Mm -hmm. and radical radical realignment is good for baseball, regardless of what it's good. Okay, because you have regional regional teams that don't have to travel as much, plus – 
there are regional economic forces. So, for instance, uh, I've always done it on five teams. So I, I put, you know, the four you had plus Toronto. Right. Then, then you go Baltimore, Washington, uh, Atlanta, and the two Miami, you know, the two Florida teams. Um, it, it, the two Texas teams, Colorado, uh, Arizona, and then there are five teams in California. No, I get it. I get it. But why is it good? I know how you could realign it, but why is that, why is that good? Why? It's less travel. Regional rivalries, and also um, the, um, the 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 fact that the um, yeah I had a third I had a third fact that I, I can't remember. No, you know why you can't remember it because it's a bad idea. Yeah. Your brain did you a favor. It's not a good idea. First of all, why are we giving so much care to millionaire athletes not traveling? But I'm, I mean, okay, stop but with that. Forget the, tra- forget the athletes. What about the fans? Well, we don't mind traveling. <laughs> Well, who's complaining? Really? What are we complaining? Uh, I mean, a way, if if it was easier for Yankee fans to travel to, travel to all the rivalries, they would do it. Oh, so, by the way, so would I. But that doesn't make it the right decision. It's been, if you're telling me they're going to play seven games at Yankee Stadium, I'll be at at least five of them. If you're telling me they're going to play seven games at Fenway Park, I'll be at least two of them. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but. That doesn't make it good. Just because we're going to adjust and say, okay, we'll take but advantage from, from of this the, doesn't make it right. From the economics, it probably does. The economics. Economic standpoint. The economics. If the Mets in, are playing in Boston. I get you. And it's easy travel. You can drive there. I, I get that. Prices go up. Major League Baseball makes more money. Fans feel more and I don't know, engaged. It's it, it's all works. All you're doing is explaining why it's going to happen. <laughs> yes. I know why it's going to happen. I brought it to you to tell you it's going to happen. I admit it's going to happen. I don't like that it's going to happen. Sal in Brooklyn, what do you want, Sal? Yo, take it easy there. What do you want? <laughs> first of all, I'm playing with you. What's up? First of all, I think you're more upset just like the National League purists didn't want the DH. Yes. You want to keep the National League intact. So I think yeah. that's a little bit on your edge yeah. as far as combining everything. But it does make sense. Just like that, just look at that Yankee-Boston rivalry. Just imagine, imagine what a New York-New York rivalry would be. I'm married almost 40 years. My wife's family's Met fans. We're the Yankee fans. It's not a Hatfield and McCoy situation, but it would make it fun. <laughs> and then baseball, as <sighs> relevant as it is in New York, because there were the two National League Yeah, but, but Sal, Sal, it would be fun. It's fun now. It's fun with the banter. Ooh, we're going to steal Juan Soto. Ooh, I beat you in the Subway you Series. you still have that. No, no, no. It's What I'm saying is right now is fun. It's friendly banter. It's all fun and games. Mm. I remember last year when Keith and Sal were going at it. Keith was like, this doesn't even count. Sal's like, it counts. It was all fun. Now imagine that on steroids. Imagine that, yeah, that when you're battling for the division. Okay, that argument it doesn't count would never be th- would never be viable. Well, no, exactly, because it wouldn't be fun anymore. Now it would be like it'd be, it'd be hell. Is it that what you want? You it's want a, high stakes games? We just went through this in the fall when we debated the Giants Jets as rivals, and we ranked them as the last of the rivals because they don't play each other enough. They're not real rivals. Mm-hmm. 
Yankees-Mets definitely passes Rangers-Islanders in baseball in this town. as the number one rivalry. Right. We can stop pretending that they're not rivals because okay. they would actually be rivals. Now, speaking of which, Stephen Middletown, New Jersey. Steve, did you just send me an email at the B at gmail.com? <laughs> I did, brother. I sent you two, actually. One for football and one for baseball. So I, I want you to bring up the football one because Steve just sent me an email in which he's completely realigned the NFL. And I'm very curious if Big Mouth, Sean, and Tiki would approve of this. Go let's, ahead. Let's hear it. I have to read it to you? Well, just just All the right. Jet, just the Jets uh, stuff. I want to see what they say to that. Well, the Jets would be the Patriots, Jets, Giants, and Bills division, and I would rename the division the Bill Belichick division. Like they used to do it. First of all, I don't know if I, I have... like the Bill Belichick division, but would you guys be all right with that, by the way? Before you continue, Steve, you guys want that? You signed for that? So, no, only because, in my mind, especially geographically, the Eagles would have to be in that division. Yeah, oh, yeah, you probably have to move Buffalo the out. The rivalry. I'm cool with ditching Dallas, but the, but here's the Eagles a, have to be there. Steve, the reason it, you don't need it in football is because it's a, it's a, it's a sparse event, like a sparse, um, uh, uh, you know, games. There's not, there's not a ton of games. And so the, it's a national event. Every game, theoretically, is a national game. And so you don't need the regionalization of it. You know what I mean? I got you. Hey, can I ask you one thing about the Mets-Yankees? Is, uh, yeah. Evan, would you trade 63 pennant races, which would be awesome between the Mets and the Yankees, for one crappy Subway series? Mm. Would I trade? Yeah. The yeah. 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 yeah, no, I, the answer is yes. No, I just, I just answered your question. Yes, I would trade your mediocre pennant races for a true Subway World Series. Because that's the, dude, that's the extreme. That's the, the goal. That's the dream. Like, oh, I'd say that I about it. Tiki, I got it. Go ahead. There's no got it here, dude. I'm just giving you my no, honest opinion. No. And I feel that way about the NBA and the NHL, too. I just know it's too late. Let's I know it. you can't separate the Knicks and Nets. Me, I know you me, can't separate the Islanders and Rangers. Evan, in the back of his mind, watching what he wants a second crack. He doesn't want to end the possibility that it can even it up because <laughs> it bothers him that the Yankees beat the Mets in 2000. Uh, we uh, cracked the code. Uh, That's what it's all about because he nice. knows if they go to the same division, no matter what happens, we can always bring up 2000. Steve he wants just redemption. unplugged you. He just, yep. he no, just, it, he just it, he exposed you. It's not. He just exposed you. I want it in the NFL, too, and I've never lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. I want it in the NBA, and the Knicks and Nets playoff history, is, it's kind of a nothing. It's, well, that's so, the point. That's why, like, being in the, like, the chances of it happening in a, in a championship round for either, any of the teams around here, it's so small. That doesn't make it so that you Steve should eliminate say, it. But as Steve was saying, like, you get all of these opportunities for pennant races and for... Hell, meaningful postseason matchups as well. To to you know, and then maybe, maybe, maybe if it's not if it stays the same, you have a World Series. Maybe, but it, have there ever been a Jet Giant Super Bowl? Has been no. fifty eight of them. So that means we give up on it. I mean, yeah, that I means just, I, well, it's never going to happen. It's been fifty eight years. I get that, but that's the ultimate. <laughs> have they even been in the championship round? No, the, the closest year? they've gotten was divisional rounds. In eighty six, no, yeah. not, I'm giving you the answer. Right. Eighty six, they were but the Giants obviously went further. They they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Jets yeah. lost in the divisional round. That's, That's the, the last time. Yeah, in football. So, so what does that mean? So what does uh, that mean? Does that proof? It could happen in two thousand two if you guys didn't choke. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no winning with the Mets and the Met fan if we're in the same division. That was the that was the. The Niner game. Niners. By the way, I don't even dis- I don't even agree with what Lugie just said. He said there's no winning. This is not about winning or losing. Of course there's winning. Win the division every single year. But I think it takes away 
from the beauty and the dream that it, there could be a World Series. Look, I, I really mean this. Okay. If I could realign uh, the NBA, I have it. I have it. No, just real going. quick, if I could realign the NBA, I would change the entire playoff format where you seeded teams 1 through 16, right. and you gave us the possibility of a Laker-Clipper NBA Finals or a Nets-Knicks yeah. NBA Finals. All right, here's, here's, here's what we do. Go. Right? Same division, fighting for the pennant every single year. Maybe they don't – if they're fighting for the pennant every single year, that means they're both going to be in the, in the postseason, right? Maybe they both get to the championship series, mm-hmm. and then they have this – Seven-game drag-out fight. Yeah. One of them advances, Mets or Yankees, advances to the World Series. Yeah. Now you have a town against the other team. Now you have the whole city against the other the team. The whole city? Yes. What are you smoking? Or, I ain't joining the Yankees or, after that. Or, <laughs> or you have half the town pissed off and rooting for the other team. Yes. It just makes it compelling. No matter what you... No, how do you, no, how do you, you skin it? It's compelling. Uh... Jeez. I'm sorry. We need to take a break right now. And I don't mean a break from our show, but we're about to be joined by Bad Tiki, which I completely forgot about because you got me all hot and bothered with this whole mess of Yankees. brought it up. I brought it up, but then, you know, we're fighting about it for a half hour. We'll get to your calls in a second, but we can't be late on Bad Tiki. He has a big, big attitude. We'll get to your calls in a second, but I want to remind you, Bad Tiki is a sentient AI-generated being and is not affiliated with or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, WFN Odyssey, or its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad Tiki segment. Bad Tiki, welcome back. How you doing? Okay, guys, let's cut right to the point. I call in every Thursday and ruin my entire day for the benefit of you jackasses. Let's be frank. It's time for Bad Tiki to start getting paid. Pay me, bitch boy. <laughs> what? Hold on. Bad Tiki. We, first of all, we don't pay guests, and we don't ask you to call in every week. You call in because you want to torture us. And since when is money a problem with you, that whole betting thing, all this other crap you have going on? I'm cash poor, regular Tiki. I have a lot of wealth tied up in bad investments right now. My close friend Mark Zuckerberg convinced me to go deep on the metaverse. And don't even get me started with my good friend, that snake Elon Musk. I'm worth billions, <laughs> but bad Tiki still needs to pay the bills. Mm. Uh, might explain why we didn't get a Super Bowl pick from you, Bad Tiki, but we don't have a budget for you. We are willing to listen to any ideas you might have, though. If the advertisers at WFN are willing to invest in clowns like you, they should be chomping at the bit to get a piece of Bad Tiki. How about that crack sales staff at WFan start selling the real talent around here? Bad Tiki is cash cow. Milk me. Mo! Milk me again. Mo! That tickles. Bad Tiki, what advertisers would be interested in a rude AI version of Tiki Barber? You're not even real. Pipe down, Ginger James Harden. Hey, FanDuel, are you listening? Bad Tiki is the best handicapper in America. Bad Tiki will make that cash flow. Booyah. Bad Tiki gets Monai. Cha-ching. I'm curious, Bad Tiki. What do you even need money for? Great question, regular Tiki. Bad Tiki runs on Dunkin'. What's black, strong, and hot? Not just Bad Tiki. How about the all-new Bad Tiki roast from Dunkin' Donuts? Huh? Has a nice ring to it. Talk about a line out the door. Bad Tiki roast. <laughs> Bad Tiki, are we even sure that your content is appropriate for our advertisers? Let our sales staff handle that. Great question, Evan. I'm glad you asked. Woof. 
I'm a dog. Hey, farmer's dog. I eat dog food because I'm a good boy. Woof. I'm <laughs> wagging my tail because I love this human-grade dog food. Woof. Yum, yum. Grr. Pet my belly. Woof. Good, bad, tiki. Woof. <laughs> We see what you're doing, Bad Tiki. You sound a little desperate. How much debt do you actually have? I don't know exactly how much money I've lost, but I do know you need to lose weight. Evan, you should try NJ Diet. That's right. <laughs> Hi, this is Bad Tiki for NJ Diet. Do you want to lose weight guaranteed in a safe and healthy way? Call the experts at NJ Diet today. They can even fix Evan, that hopeless fat loser. Oh, my God. Thanks, Bad Tiki. I appreciate you not taking a shot at my weight for once. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Wendy's. Mmm. Ramsey Mazda Vroom. Mango R X. Boing. Hey, Big Lou. Bad Tiki is on meds, too. <laughs> Security Dodge. Come and get some. How about Bad Tiki for the Wiz? Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Bad Tiki. The Wiz. Bad Tiki, that doesn't even exist anymore. That's it, Bad Tiki. We're not paying you. Stop trying to poach our advertisers. Hey, Live Nation, how does the Bad Tiki World Tour sound? <laughs> Did you know I played all the instruments on my last album? Bad Tiki is a one-man band. Bad Tiki knows how to play all the right notes. Just ask Mrs. Uh, Roberts. You know what? Well, hold on. We've had enough of this, Bad Tiki. It's time to get on with the show. Thank you very much for calling in. Okay, guys, I have to go anyway. I have a call with Warren Buffett. The feds need to cut those rates, baby. <laughs> Winters Brothers, I know you're listening. <laughs> Call Bad Tiki. I take out the trash. Okay, bye, losers. I need to get this Bad Tiki money. Bad Tiki, out. <laughs> All right, thank you, Bad Tiki. That was interesting. A reminder, Bad Tiki is a sentient AI-generated being, is not affiliated with, or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, WFN Odyssey, or its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad Tiki sentiment. Daniel's in Connecticut. How you doing, Daniel? Hey, how you doing, guys? I absolutely love this show. It's the first time I'm calling in. I'm a Mets Jets fan. Ah, oh, lucky and you. I am in pain and agony every day because of it. But the one thing it did is it gave me tough skin. So I feel like no matter what, there's not much worse that it could ever get. And the one thing that this realignment of the division can do is when we actually end up winning, and I have faith that eventually we will, we will get to that promised land and we will win. I don't want to hear any Yankee fans say, well, you were in a weaker division. Oh. Or, well, you didn't get to play us. Oh. You didn't see us in the playoffs. Now we will. And when we win, mm. we will be able to say we went right through you. We are the best. Wow. We are number one in this town for a reason, and it is because we are better than you. I think and that's, that's starting to convince Evan. For. I think that's that slightly convinced Evan. That was Daniel. a very good point. That was solid, Daniel. No, I I, I have to admit solid. that because as he was saying it, there were memories flashing through my brain. And I'll never forget in nine, uh, 2000 when the Mets had won the National League pennant. They had done that before the Yankees had finished their series against Seattle. And I was in high school. I was a junior in high school. 
surrounded by Yankee fans. Mm -hmm. Me and Adam Eaton were the only Met fans basically in our high school. You know Adam Eaton. He's (laughs) in the Mets text chat. That's not his real name. His real name is Ryan, but it's Adam Eaton, and then there's an inappropriate word after for his fantasy. (laughs) It's not his full name either. (laughs) Yeah, it's Adam Eaton something else, but we're not going to get into that. Me and him, literally the only Met fans. That's the world we were living in. And after the Mets won the pennant that year, I remember this one particular Yankee fan. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he's still alive. He could be dead. I don't want to like, attack him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't keep that? in touch with people. Now. Other than Ryan, right. I don't know anybody. Right. Now, Chad, my, my closest right. friend, I don't know anyone else from high school. Those are my only two guys. So I don't know if this other guy's dead. I don't want to put his name out there because that would be inappropriate to the family. So this guy, this obnoxious guy, we'll call him Tommy, looks at me and <laughs> says. Why is the obnoxious guy named Tommy? Why couldn't it be Sean? Because he just happened to look at you and caught the edge. Okay. okay. Or, or maybe that's his real name, no. and I'm actually putting it out there. Is that uh, without the last name? Is that okay? Or maybe I'm just looking at you. Who cares? It's irrelevant. <laughs> this guy Tommy looks at me and says, "Well, you better hope we beat the Mariners." And I said, "Well, why would I hope that? I hope the Mariners beat the Yankees. Like, give me a Met Mariner World Series." And he's like, "Because if you don't beat us, it ain't real. Mm. It doesn't count." And I remember being so angry. That's something so stupid. Something so, like, inconsequential. Right, right. Not and related it, to anything other than the fact that you hadn't beat the Yankees. And he's just being a jerk. Yeah. Like, literally, if they won the World Series in 2000 by beating the Mariners, I think me and Lugie would have been good. I don't think we would have said, well, we didn't beat the Yankees, it doesn't count. Now, maybe Sean all these years later would have said that, and what we would have done is just slapped him across the face and said, not yeah, really. Because he'd still say, we're the better team. Yeah, we won. The, you didn't get there. We beat the team you couldn't beat. But that... Story popped into my head as our last caller was talking because he is right. If we're in the same division, there's no excuses. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to run. There's nothing you can say other than you're my daddy. Mm -hmm. You won the World Series. So I'm an honest guy. He didn't convince me. But I think that is as compelling a point as one could make about realigning us and putting us in the same division. He weakened the shield just a little bit. He weakened my knees. Yes. That's a good, very good point. We'll come back at back to your calls. A lot of football today. A little Mets-Yankees in the same division talk at 877-337-6666. And we'll get you set for tonight's Knicks-Warriors game. And I got a lot of beard paint sitting in front of me. I got it right in front of me. I got Rational Blue. I got Noble Purple. I got young green. We may try some of this beard paint on me right now just to see if it works. We'll come back and maybe examine it. Uh, We did make a deal the other day that I can get out of this beard that I've been growing out of loyalty to Pete Alonso until Pete gets extended, this beard and hair continues to grow. And we made a very fair deal that starting next week, assuming Pete hasn't extended, every day I'd have to color my beard a different color for 15 consecutive shows and then I have to follow that by shaving half my beard off and spending the first week of the baseball season half a beard, half unshaven. And if I did that, that'd be enough to get rid of the beard. Now, I do want to make things clear. I always want to be honest with you. I am flying down to Florida this weekend and mm-hmm. making a last-ditch effort to get a deal done. <laughs> I have secured meetings with David Stearns and with Pete Alonzo. Wow. I did not get a meeting with Scott Boris. I tried. But I got one with each. I'm going to try to pull off some magic. Can I guarantee you guys out there I'm going to get this done? No, but I'm going to make an effort. And it's the first time I'm going to meet David. We're going to have a nice conversation. I will present my case. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet with my boy Pete. I will try to convince him. <laughs> and then who knows? Maybe Monday when I come back here, I'm going to be like a conquering hero. So pulling off the greatest negotiation in the history of sports. Unlikely, especially if Scott Boris is not there. Oh. But the Mets chat was asking a 
you a bunch of questions to ask David Stern. Well, listen. But they left out one important one. What was that? I'm going to give it to you right now. Go ahead. Coming from a small market situation Mm -hmm. in Milwaukee, how hard is it not to spend Steve Cohen's money? (laughs) (laughs) That may come up in a conversation. That's a fair, fair question. It's a fair question. The only thing I'm debating is in that meeting I have with him, should I call him the man from Milwaukee? The man from Milwaukee. Should I call him David or Mr. Stearns? He'll get it. He'll understand. He'll understand. He'll understand what you're saying, and then the conversation will be really short. Now we have a nice chat, and I'm going to try to get things done. But assuming I don't get things done, I have to start coloring my beard next week. And I'm a man of my word, so I spent my own damn money. I didn't reimburse Odyssey for this, and I got a bunch of different colors. I have a rational blue mm-hmm. in my hands right now. I've got oof, I've got young green, which is very green. <laughs> I've got a color called Luxury Gold. We're saving the young green one for a couple of weeks. Okay. I've got a color called Passion Red, which is a little different than my actual beard. <laughs> I've got something called Noble Purple. And then finally, I've got a color called Grandma Gray, which what? is yes, <laughs> of Grandma Gray. Why is it Grandma? I How have no idea. Grandpa? I, I don't know. That'll be Maggie's name one day. So, <laughs> so should I? Oh, I get that because she'd be a grandma, right? Okay. So I want to try this out just to make sure it works. Uh, which color would you want me to put into my beard right now, just to see? And I got to make sure I get it out. I'm going on a plane tonight. The blue. You want me to try the blue? Yes. Did you read the instructions? I did not. Should I? I mean, I read the instructions. It's tiny. I had to put my glasses on because I can't yeah. see it. Directions. Squeeze a small amount of the hair wax to the palms after washing the hair. Rub it against the fingers in a circular motion and gently apply it to the hair from the roots or the tips. That means you got to, like, put it in oh, there. And go please like put a paper towel underneath you. Yeah. Also, oh, that's too much. They rub it in your hand. Okay. I got to rub it in my hand? Right. Well, this rub- is the other problem is Evan rubs it in his hand is he, he should have wore gloves. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's all right. I this have, have wipes over here. All right. I'm going to do this right now. All right. I want you to describe it and see how it looks. All right, so he's putting it. Uh, don't, don't rub it that thick. You got to start from the roots. Like, go to the root. I am going to And roots. pull out. Put the put the paint at the bottom and pull yeah. out with the roots. I am. There it is. Okay. Yeah, that looks good. Now he's rubbing his beard. He likes to do yeah. that often, rubbing his beard. How does it look? Is it blue? It is turning blue. But not it is. spread out enough. It's but just because he's just doing a little test. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm little... just doing a test, dude. Little I'm not test. doing the whole freaking beard. Oh, okay. This doesn't even count as a day. This is just me testing to make sure the color looks it good. It looks like you made out with a Smurf. <laughs> All right, so right now I've got it on my beard. How do I look? That actually looks pretty cool. So when I do it, and I'll do it for the whole beard starting next right. week. This is a test, bro. All right. Why are you demanding I do the whole thing? I didn't agree to today. Yes. Okay, I just thought that that, that it, was the look, idea. it matches his, his mic <laughs> cover. It <does>. How would <laughs> you say this looks perfect, to the radio audience? S&Y. Is it very blue? It's going to be awesome. When you do the whole thing, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, right now I have it just on the front of my kind of beard area. <laughs> you look like the girl in Willy Wonka after she eats the right. blueberry thing. The <laughs> okay. blue man group. Put the... Put the, put the Hand sanitizer. Yeah, I was going to say, but these are like permanently on my hands. And then, and then wipe it off. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I'm serious. I would get some surgical gloves for when you actually do I this. I completely, right. by the way, I agree with you. When we do this, I'm going to have gloves. That's the first thing I learned from my experiment because my hands are now like All just right. blue. <laughs> yeah. What I'm fearful of is when I go to the bathroom next break to clean this crap off, is it going to come off? Immediately come off. Evan's okay. hands now, this is actually more danger for your flight. It looks like you robbed the bank and the money packs <laughs> went off. Yep. <laughs> So you're worried about the beard. It's going to be your hands. They're going to look oh, like and go, what hilarious. happened? That's awesome. This is going to take a lot of work every day to cover all of my it beard. Is. And so it the is. beard starts like underneath the yes. uh, the sideburns? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
It's huh. kind of a major problem, though, that the blue looks good. I know. Because I thought the idea was that to make it look embarrassing. Right. Well, you think it, it actually looks but good? But I, I think when it's the whole beard, yeah. it, it'll... It'll it'll look like Papa Smurf. So for those who are just listening to the radio. Papa Smurf had a white beard. You would think somebody with a blue beard, it would look more jarring. And you're right. It's not on his whole beard. It's just like the front goatee part. It doesn't look that jarring. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to backfire. I'm going to look good. I'm going to come to the conclusion after this. I'm keeping the beard and I'm going to color it every single day. Maybe it's because it's giant blue-ish. And so you're feeling like some... Simpatico there. And it's I've like, seen people in the stadium dress like this. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Do okay. you have a, a silver color in there? Grandma uh, silver or whatever? Well, so these are the colors I have so far. I'm obviously willing to get more because huh. there's 15 shows in which I'm going to have to color my beard. But the closest I have to that is Grandma Gray. Okay, so if it's not embarrassing enough, we'll just draw things on it with the gray color. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Like words or phrases or whatever. Good luck. Male, God, I mean, male genitalia. Imagine trying to draw things how on this. How in the world face? would you do that? Yeah, how would you even do, do that? How would you? We like, need to be Picasso to write the word a loser on it or something. <laughs> I mean, that, that, just saying, something that's embarrassing. That, that's that's going to be hard. Yeah, that's gonna be, just, you get a Q-tip. I'm just going to tell you that's going to be difficult. Are you going to do it for me, Luke? I have zero artistic skills, but I'm sure somebody in the building does. Okay. Well, starting Monday, assuming I don't get a deal done between Pete and David Stearns, every day I'll call her fully my beard. This is just a little test run. I got the little blue on my... Mm-hmm. Uh, my chin. chin. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm looking at the cameras. I actually do look good. I'm thinking of keeping this. You know what I'm thinking of doing? I'm, I'm just telling you, Ev, you're going to miss your beard. <laughs> maybe I, you're maybe. Gonna, you're going to miss it. You're going to have like regrets. When this is all said and done, you're going to be like, oh, I kind of want it. I'm, I kind of want to hang on. And Tiggy, he's developed a bit of a twitch, right? He's constantly playing with it. Yes. Evan is now going to become awkward, always holding tweezers guy. <laughs> he's going to be constantly like plucking things out of his face. Yes, you're right. Uh, SNY is a good close-up. It looks like I did get every little strand, though. It did. It's going to be a process, though. It's going to take like 20 minutes, I think, before every show to like really make sure we get the strands of each hair. Yeah. It's going to be a process. But these are the six colors to start. I don't know if you guys have planned out each day. What it will, will be. We will. There could be a mix of colors. That's completely up to you. I'm fair game. But I look forward to it. Because at the end of the day, I get to get rid of this thing mm-hmm. on my face. Mm-hmm. As much as you think I'm going to fall in love with it, at the end of the day, after How opening are you day. I'm already in love with it. I'm not in love. I'm not in love with like, it. So when I was on, because I did Kinky Boots on Broadway. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. But I had to become a different character. Because right. I'm, I'm too nice. And so I was playing this. <laughs> like like Tiki. Not, no, I was just playing like a kind of ruffian kind of character. Gotcha. And so I grew a beard. And I couldn't get it to grow. So it was just kind of tight right uh. around my face. It looked kind of cool, but it just, I wanted it to be long. I wanted it to be what your beard is. So you're jealous is I'm what this is coming I'm very jealous of your beard. <laughs> He's jealous. And so the fact that you want to get rid of it so willingly after it took like five, like five or six months. This is awesome effort. Yes. And you just want to get rid of it? Yes. I don't like it. I just want a god. It's like, it's like an animal growing on my you're face. You're disappointing all of us that can't grow good beards. That's what this is about. This I didn't is. know them. This is about jealousy. You want to it be is. able to grow your own beard. Start trying. Let's see what it looks like. I think that'd be fun for the audience as well. Let's no, see what it. a tiki beard actually looks like. I hated it. Our buddy Ozzy in Woodridge. What's up, Oz? What's up, Ozzy? What's up, guys? How you doing? We're oh, good. Great. Evan can marry a good beard, and he can grow a good beard. So. <laughs> okay, bad tiki. <laughs> hey, Lugau, we should take the Grandma Gray and splatter it all over his face so it looks like well, I'll stop right there. <laughs> I'll let that one hang out there, Oz. I don't even understand that one. Oh, I, I, I understand. Don't, don't think about it. Just don't think about no it. No fun. That makes it better. <laughs> He'll get it in like eight minutes. Yeah. In your face? What? 
Yeah, more of the beard. It'll look like those two white things that run down the corner of Sean's mouth on his goatee. But I'll let you guys explain it to Evan during the break. All right. What else? Make sure you wear sunscreen on your face, cheeks, and your forehead. Because if you come back with A-Rod burnt vacation face with that beard next week... That's going to be even tenfold more hilarious. By the, the way, I, gonna... I, I do have a dumb question about that, and I'm mm-hmm. glad you asked since I am going to Florida for a few days. Um, am I supposed to apply suntan sun lotion through my beard? Like, am I supposed uh, to, like, put no, it on my beard? You don't need to. Okay, good. Yeah. So I, there's less for me to put on then. Yes. How about that? Okay, that's a victory for the beard. Not bad. But I need you guys to do me a favor. Yes. What's up, Oz? Now that, especially now that the studio is all juiced up again with the A-Rod jersey hanging back up. <laughs> now that you're on SNY, my house shook about an hour or so ago. Can you do me a favor and make Morash do the uh, vertical jump test? Because I want to see it A, on TV, and I want to see if B, that was the reason my house shook. That's a great idea. In <laughs> fact, he's yeah, Cinco so- did five O's in the next four minutes. Appreciate it, Ozzy. Why don't you come in? I think this will be great in front of the A-Rod Day banner that is now hanging in our studio and do the vertical jump in front of the yes. A-Rod banner. And if you missed it, I'll explain what he's doing. Because, yeah, what is he doing? So, because the vertical jump is a test that's given at the Combine. Again, is it meaningful? Probably not. I mm-hmm. guess for wide receivers who go jump, it makes some sense. But very rarely are you standing still, jumping straight up and down. But the debate, not the debate, but the conversation we were having was how is it measured? Because Sean was thinking because I was short, my vertical joint jump would be short. But it's all relative to you. So they make you put your hands up, as Sean will demonstrate, both hands up, and you touch. <laughs> Go ahead. Touch. Well, hold on a second. You, you touch like a point on the on the measurement, and that's where they start from. Okay. And so when Sean jumps, where he reaches to is his vertical. Okay. So now Sean's going to attempt to jump. All right. And I thought he was like a, I don't know, maybe 20-inch vertical jump. <laughs> but after I saw him jump before, I think it's more like eight inches. I just love it. He's standing there in front of the A-Rod batter with his hands in the All sky. Right. Now, now jump. Eyeing himself on TV, Let's making you, sure he's in the right position. touch the roof. Because that's, that that's like a, that would be a... Uh, like a 10 inch. That's jump. a 10 inch if you get hit the right. roof. Right. Sean's arms are in the I air. Yes. You can do you can anything. Bend your knees. You can do anything. Sean, and he you proceeds can, Sean, to. You can move. You can use your arms. Right. Use right. your arms to jump. Sean like, is now. Jump up. Moving down. Like and he stands <laughs> up. He jumps. He trips. He did not make the roof. <laughs> That's six inches, by the way. You want to try it again? He tried it again and he missed it again. Is your, and he's trying it again, and he's missed it again. You can't get it. You cannot hit the roof, which only would have been, by the way, the TVs have gone out in here. I think you broke everything. No, I'm just kidding. That was a good effort. Good I think effort. I, I think I would beat you in the vertical jump, because I do think I would jump a lot higher than that. Now, can you do, do a running jump, or do you no, have to no. be still? No, you stand still. It's an explosive movement, right? Yeah. So you're standing still. You gather. You jump. Whatever you reach to, that's your vertical. By the way, do it. Or do what? You just said, maybe I'd beat you in something. Get up off your lazy ass and do it. Ah. That's fine. I just want to make sure my shirt is tucked in because what I'm really afraid of is that my blubber is going to come out of my shirt. Who cares? We're all aware of your... Yeah, we're aware of your blubber. Uh, We've seen your back hair before. (laughs) Okay. Your face is half blue. All right, so you... Mr. Blue Face over here, (laughs) tucking in his shirt. Yeah, because I don't want the blubber. In his Oshkosh-Bagosh jeans. Now, yes, let's see you get it. Oh, he did it easy. Anyhow, it is 5 o'clock. Cinco de Fivo with five, five, Evan five. and Tiki on The Fan.
Cinco Day 5-0 was brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere, and by Wendy's. Try the new pretzel baconator today. You're right. Right, you're right over yeah, there. I was losing my voice for a second. Last time that happened, I had too much to drink after a Ranger Island game. <laughs> All right, Cinco Day 5, I'm going to give you today being Leap Day. It is February 29th. Only occurs in election years, I'll remind you. That's right. Unless it's 100. Yeah, I'm going to give you the five most memorable moments to ever happen on the date February 29th. Oh, okay. Mm. All right, here we go. Here we go! Number five. I got to tell you, before you even start, I don't think I can name a one. <laughs> I got to tell you. I'm going to teach you a little history here. Go ahead. All right, first one. Ja Rule is born. Ja Rule, really? He is the most famous person to have a leap day birthday. Wow. Do you celebrate a leap day birthday on March 1st or February 28th when it is not Hmm. a leap year? That is a great question. Let's ask Ja Rule. I think the answer is easy. Depending on which one every few years is a Saturday. Hold on a second, Sean. I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, he's Tiki is literally taking his phone out to ask Ja Rule. Do you have his number or something? I do. You do? <laughs> of course I do. It's the most random thing when he casually says, let me just ask him. It's not Arch Stapleton. It's Ja Rule. Tiki, please let me know that you're starting the text with happy birthday. Yeah, first. I was about to say the same thing. Should I? You get, is it his birthday? Yes, that's, that's what the point of the list. Yeah. Should oh, I? It's, it's, it's his 29th. birthday. Oh, that's right. It's the 29th. Today is his birthday. Well, and it's going to add, like, if I was asking it, I forgot it's the 29th. So never mind. Keep I think going. the way you say it is, hey, Ja, what's up? It's Teak. Yes. Happy birthday. He's probably only like 10 years old when you think about <laughs> how many birthdays right. you actually have. Just out of curiosity, debating it with some buddies, uh-huh. when do you normally celebrate your birthday? All I right. think that's the perfect message. Anyhow, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Continue. Number four. On this date, 1960. The first Playboy Club featuring bunnies opens in Chicago. Go smash into that hole right there. You think there. they did that on purpose, February 29th? Again, maybe it fell on a Friday and it fit that way. But, yeah, the Playboy Clubs, they were big. Wow. So there you go. All right. Very interesting. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> Number three. I was getting more sexual innuendos from you, Teak. I didn't think he'd throw that quickly. <laughs> February 29th, 1940. You notice a lot of these uneven years, Evan. <laughs> well, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hattie McDaniel becomes the first black person ever to win an Academy Award. Is that right? Yes. For her Best Supporting Actress Oscar for Gone, Gone with, with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, yeah. Happened on a leap year. I saw that, that fact amazing. like this morning somewhere, and I'm trying to remember wow. where. Like, I read that that's somewhere. A, that's an interesting fact that I'm glad I know. Yeah, yeah you know. You learn something every day. Happened on a Friday Wow. There you go. All right. Number two. Now, you talk about baseball having a problem with when guys sign on February 29th, 1972. Brave slugger Hank Aaron becomes the highest paid player in Major League Baseball history to that point. Mm. He signed a three-year deal worth $600,000, a whopping $200,000 a year. Can ah, you believe that? Yeah. Can you believe I mean, I see what you're actually doing right now. I actually commend you. What is that? You're getting the last little semblance of Black History Month. Oh, true. That is true, yeah. <laughs> you think he actually did that on purpose, though? I do not. I'm, I'm just going to warn you. he did it on accident. I'm going to warn you, Tiki. Number one is as white as you can get. <laughs> All right? Number one. In 1692, though, <laughs> oh, yeah. the first Salem witch trial began oh, in Salem, nice. Massachusetts. Nice. 19 people executed by virtue of hanging for wow. practicing witchcraft. Wow. I, dude. That's it for February 29th? Yeah, that's it. And, think about that. And believe me, I had the stretch here. There's a reason Ja Rule was included. I mean, that is, there's nothing. Like, we just, it, and it, think about it. It's once every four years, so it happens. It's not like it never happens. But I think the problem is, especially if you're looking for sports, 
The NBA and the NHL's in the regular season. The NFL's obviously over, and there's no baseball. So what in sports could possibly have happened on February 29th besides a birthday or a trade? Gordie Howe got to 800 goals. Oh, you left that one out? Yeah, didn't make the list. I don't want to hockey. Good yeah. call. <laughs> Terrence Long's birthday is on February 29th. Remember Terrence Long? Yeah, T. Long. Terrence Long is famous for two things, in my opinion. Uh, good baseball player. So I don't yeah. want to diminish his baseball career. But he was a Met prospect. So for the Met fans, it's like, oh, yeah, Terrence Long. He was traded to Oakland. And I forget which trade it was. It was either Billy Taylor or Kenny Rogers. I can't remember. And he's the guy. This is the big one. I saved the best one for last. He's the one who hit the baseball over first base on the Derek Jeter flip play. Yep. Oh. So when Jeter makes his infamous flip play in Oakland, game number three of that ALDS, yep. it was because of a Terrence Long extra base hit at the Oakland Coliseum. And he's a leap baby. And he's a leap baby. Mm. There so you there go. you have it. That's Cinco de Five. I thought yeah. a fun one tonight. Yeah. Got away from the food. That was a good one. It was a good one in that, you know, it was creative. It's just, it's amazing to think that this not is not that happens. much stuff. Well, not a lot happens because it's not around. <laughs> no, no. Well, happy February 29th, everybody. It is very special when we get this kind of day. Thank you, Sean. Yes, it is. There's your Cinco de Five O every day, 5 o'clock, different list. We got into a heated fight in the last hour about the inevitability of the New York Mets and the New York Yankees eventually sharing a division because that's going to happen. Right now, we've got this little friendly Subway Series rivalry. We bust each other's balls. We talk trash. We have the Subway Series. But we don't really play for what matters. And the reality is, as baseball continues to evolve, by the end of this decade, it's going to happen. Tiki loves it. Sean loves Mm -hmm. it. And sane-thinking people like me and Lugie thinks it's an absolute unmitigated disaster. Even though you're slightly swayed by the fact that if the Mets were to get to the World Series and win it, they would have had to have gone through the New York Yankees. It's a small positive. Still outweighed by many negatives. Mm. Jerome is in Hazlitt, New Jersey. How you doing, Jerome? What's up, Jerome? Gentlemen, what's going on? How you doing? We're good, man. Good. What's up? Excellent. Uh, Giants fan, Tiki, you belong in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully you get there as soon as possible. Hope so. Uh, Yes, me too. Anyway, uh, I'm calling because uh, there is actually a way that realignment could still guarantee that the teams meet in the World Series and still, uh, you know, still play during a regular season. Let's hear it. If you have, if you, if you have three divisions, three ten-team divisions, and you have your three division winners, and then a, you know a bunch of wild cards, and you reseed every round, then in theory the teams could meet in the first round, or they could meet all the way in the World Series. By the way, you know, I, ex- I here's what I would tell you: yeah. I still wouldn't love it, but I'd accept it. So one thing I've always thought about with the NBA, it's kind of the opposite of Tiki's whole point about traveling. Like, ah, it's a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. I think this day and age, with the aircrafts that we have that are a little bit faster and, than maybe 30, 40 years ago. And most, I mean, I don't know if all of them, do, but don't all of them. I know basketball does. Fly charter. Fly charter. They do fly charter. So the conditions of flying is so much easier. Yeah. What I've always thought, and this is NBA related, but I, I have believed this to the core, and I think it would be great for the sport, is that you have the same NBA playoff standings. Everything's the same. Same mm-hmm. schedule, the whole thing. Once the play-ins are over and we have our 16 teams that are going to the postseason, we go 1 through 16. 1 through 16, okay? We do it by record, 1 through 16. And then we set up a bracket like it's the NCAA tournament. And that's how we determine the NBA Finals. And the beauty of something like that is, A, you can kind of almost, not secure, but make it likelier that the two best teams play in the finals, even if they're in the same conference, yeah. which for many years in the West back in the day used to be the case. Honestly, that's easier than everything else we've been talking about. I agree. <laughs> and here's the best part. 
for like Nick fans right now, like I would always throw out, ooh, there's a chance of a Knicks Nets NBA Finals. Forget that, because the Nets stink. But how about you guys, Nick fans? A Knicks Celtics NBA Finals. Hmm. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Imagine that idea. Bracket it up. Right. Imagine playing the Lakers in the first round, and an it, opening round series against LeBron. How awesome is that? And you end up getting you end up getting one of the best matchups, but you also You'll get the unexpected. Yes. And most likely, you'll always get the best team because it's a seven-game series. The reason it doesn't work in football is because it's the one, as we always talk about, it's a one-game tournament. And it just could, it could just be randomly bad day, and a number one seed gets knocked out. Right. So football can't really, you can't really do it. But the multi-series or multi-game series sports, like hockey, baseball, and basketball, they could do this, and it would be viable, I think. Yeah. And it's simple. It makes it really easy. I'm looking at where things would be if we had that format. Unfortunately, like if that was the format for the NBA right now, got it. It would actually be Knicks Bucks in the first round, and then if they won, they'd play the winner of Boston Orlando. So it wouldn't do anything. (laughs) There'd be no West. Because what I think is cool is the idea of like, for example, here's a first round matchup right now under my format. Tell me how awesome this is: Clippers Sixers, James Harden back in Philadelphia. How awesome is that? Yeah. That is 3.30 ABC on a Sunday. Dude, that, that's incredible. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what I think would kind of create. So to our last caller, I think it's a great point. If we're ever in that world of radical realignment, have the format for the playoffs still allow us that remote possibility mm-hmm. that we can see them play on the grandest stage yeah. of them all. That, that would diff- work. The difference, of course, though, is baseball, very limited off-season, postseason days. The NBA, way too many. So it's easier for the travel. No, no, it is easier. Yeah. And look, I think it's more, I want to see this in the NBA. Like, I've had this idea for years. I think it makes complete sense. And the travel excuse is lame. I don't want to hear about travel anymore. Like, why? Why? Like, why is that a big deal? I mean, come on. Guys are on private planes flying with plenty of off days in the NBA playoffs, like Sean mentioned. Uh-huh. Like, I don't buy that crap anymore. Yeah. Imagine Knicks-Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Oh my god! You know what? I guess baseball does happen. The Yankee A series you brought up very limited. You got one day to get back. Yeah. Right. Well, we already right. have it because we have leagues that are divided yeah, right. by geography, so it wouldn't even matter. Anyhow, let's go to uh, uh, Andy in Scarsdale, New York. What's up, Andy? Hey guys, how are you? We're good, Andy. Uh, good, Evan. Got a great, uh, great idea and a great opportunity for your beard and the hair. Yes. There's an organization out there, uh, St. Baldrick Foundation. Are you aware of them? Say one again, the St. What organization? St. Baldrick's. I am not familiar with them. It is the number one charity raising money uh, for the cure of uh, childhood cancer. Okay. It started with three guys out of the financial district, uh, and basically uh, they were drunk at a bar and made a bet. And the thing now raises, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. That's for great. Childhood cancer research. Right. And they do it solely by shaving heads. Oh, <laughs> and setting up and setting up uh, websites. And in fact, Tiki, uh, I used to work for an organization in New York. Uh, I've since retired from, but basically, uh, Justin Tuck actually uh, shaved, uh, came in and actually shaved heads. Oh, nice! And uh, <laughs> then he started shaving his head, so he could tell you all about it. But anyway, you could literally raise tens of thousands of dollars for a good cause and set it up where the person who, you know, from the outside the uh, station donates the most money, they get to do the shaving. 
Oh, <laughs> I'm done. I, that's great. Anything that helps charity like that, especially a worthy charity like and that. An, and I will tell you, I have you know shaved my head like ten times, and it's just an incredible feeling. Well, I appreciate you calling. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put you on hold. We'll get your information down and get the uh, the charity's information down because at some point I want this hair off my head mm-hmm. and off my face. And if we can do that while helping a great charity, that's freaking awesome. So I appreciate the idea. So I put him on hold, Lugie. Try to get his information. Thank you very much. Anthony is in Rockland. What's up, Anthony? Uh, hey, Evan. So it's funny that Jerome just mentioned exactly what I was going to say about maybe if we could see the Yankees and that's still in the World Series. I actually love the idea also because it opens the opportunity to maybe see the Yankees and the Red Sox in the World Series, maybe the Mets and Braves. I actually am somebody who thinks, you know, maybe the past days are better. I like less league play, but I think if we make that change, you've got to go all the way at that point uh, to completely change it up. I, I agree because mm-hmm. you know what pisses me off about the NBA and the NHL? What annoys me is that the championship, the Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals, Tiki, which is supposed to be the most elite yeah. moment in sports, is decided by geography. <laughs> and that annoys me. Yeah. There's no East-West rivalry. It's not a thing. Very rarely can an Eastern city and a Western city have a rivalry. Boston, L.A. was unique in the 80s in the NBA. And for right. a long time, the NHL wasn't like that. The NHL didn't have it as East-West. Now they do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of the weirdest things that the NBA and the NHL has right. that I'd love to get rid of. So if baseball ever went to East-West in realignment, You've got to find a way to not have our World Series, our most prestigious event, basically just be a West versus East thing because there's no rivalry between West and East. Yeah, The idea of rivals playing for a championship team is awesome. Of course, because it it doesn't have juice when it's just random city in the East, random city in the West. Like Maybe you'll care in your city, but you're not going to care regional. I I think the challenge of all of this is is how it affects monetarily their, their business. And the, the the good thing is, I think all the stuff we're talking about, it can only positively financially impact the business. It just makes it more interest, more eyes, more, I don't know, more in, uh, interest if you realign in a way that makes it interesting for everybody, not just for one city or one region. I, I agree. That's our common ground. Mm-hmm. We were fighting an hour ago, and now we're all like kumbaya together. It's a nice little moment. We found our common ground. We'll take more of your calls coming up at 877-337-6666. And in less than, well, a little bit more than two hours, in my opinion, the biggest star in North American sports is playing a game at Madison Square Garden. That kind of athlete that causes you to pay absurd amount of money. A quick Nick Warrior preview and update on Jalen Brunson. And is Steph Curry the guy I think he is as the number one athlete we would pay to see? We'll get to it coming up. Tonight, Madison Square Garden. The Knicks are taking on the Warriors, I assume. I'm making an assumption here because this usually happens when a guy is truly day-to-day. And Jalen Brunson right now is still day-to-day. He's being listed as questionable for tonight's game. I assume he goes pregame warm-up and then decides, okay, I'm good to go, yeah. or okay, I'm out. If that doesn't happen, then that leads me to believe this could be an OG on an Obi situation because that's what ended up happening with OGs. Day-to-day, we'll see tomorrow, then tomorrow would come, and before the game, they would just rule him out. And then finally, they broke us the news, hey, he's going to be actually out for right. a couple of weeks. So Jalen Brunson is still being listed as questionable for tonight's game against the Warriors. The Warriors are without Andrew Wiggins. He's uh, leaving for personal reasons. But Steph Curry will play. <laughs> Smells like popcorn. 
Because I just made popcorn. You just made popcorn? I just made popcorn. What do you mean you made it? Dude, you need a snack. It's like 5.30. People are eating dinner. We can not have dinner for another hour and a half or I'm so. Not, I'm not ripping you for having popcorn, but like, where did you make it? Do you have a popcorn maker? No, I just put it in the microwave. Oh, you put it in the microwave. Yeah, I brought popcorn in a bag, and I made popcorn. So you brought the popcorn from home? Yes. Is it good? It's good. Would you it's, like some? Uh... <laughs> I mean, listen, I've become a snob lately with popcorn, mm. garden popcorn, mm. Barclay Center popcorn. Mm. By the way, clearly, apparently, it was crazy to suggest that somebody would make popcorn in a microwave. <laughs> Most of society does that. I know. I, I got to tell you, the only way I eat popcorn now is at arenas. Uh, and so, well, oh, and I've got a popcorn maker at home. Well, I'm that. not offering you popcorn then. I, I, I wasn't asking. <laughs> I was really saying I'd become a popcorn snob. That's you all. Are a popcorn snob. I'd become a little bit of a popcorn snob. So tonight, Steph Curry's playing. And I made a comment yesterday on the radio that I, that I really genuinely believe, which is of all the athletes in North American sports right now, of the, the four major sports, I, I don't know enough about soccer. I'm sure there is a soccer player that fits this bill mm-hmm. of hockey, basketball, baseball, football, that Steph Curry is the most watched, kind of the most must watch athlete in terms of I got to see that guy in person. You know, I've noticed that at Barclays Center when he comes to town, it's yeah. filled with Warrior fans more so than normal. Madison Square Garden, it's an insanely hot ticket. Tonight's a really hot ticket. The get-in price right now on a Thursday night is 350 bucks wow. just to go to tonight's game. So I put a poll out this morning on Twitter, and I never felt defeat the way I felt it this morning because I put out a very simple question. I'll read it to you. Which athlete from the big four sports are you more likely to pay top dollar to watch in person? Okay. And the four options I came up with was Steph Curry, LeBron James, Patrick Mahomes, and Shohei Otani. Mm. Now, is there a hockey player that you think fits that bill right now? Not enough for everybody. It would be Connor McDavid, but nobody cares. That's what I I thought him. I thought, and obviously years ago, Sidney Crosby, and of course long before that, Wayne Gretzky. I don't think they would kind of break those top four guys. It's the nature of the sport. Even as a hockey fan, I'm not going to pretend. But I don't think it's just nature of the sport, though, because I think if I was doing this poll 25 years ago, Wayne Gretzky could win. I think Wayne Gretzky yeah. and Michael Jordan would have been one too. I, I think you're right. Yeah, because it was a hockey felt national when I was a kid. Now it doesn't. Now it feels regional, like baseball. Well, but not only that, I think Wayne Gretzky passes the grandma test that Connor doesn't. Which is, if I asked uh, Abuela, point. you know, my mother in law, who's Wayne Gretzky, right. she'd know. If it's, I ask her who Connor McDavid is, she's going to give me a look. Like, like, what are you talking it's about? It's like Ronaldo in soccer. You mentioned soccer. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know who Cristiano Ronaldo is? Of course you do. Even if you don't watch soccer. Right. You don't know. Who <laughs> no, I know, I know he I is. Say. I don't know anything about him, but I know he is. So I put that poll out there, and Steph Curry finished in dead last. What? Yeah, I was stunned by that. 6,000 votes. Steph huh. Curry in last place. And I, look, it's a poll on social media. What the hell does it mean? Right. But I still like in my heart, and also based on just experience, and seeing secondary markets yeah. and being in arenas, like well, of the all those, sense I've gotten right. with Steph Curry. And all those that you mentioned, who would you want to see most? Like, if you could only see one, who would it be? So, before I answer that, Keith and I, Keith McPherson, are interacting on social media about this. Because Keith is very similar to me in that we just want to go see our team. Like, I am yeah. not one who needs to see the opponent. And so I respect that there are going to be Knicks fans out at Madison Square Garden who are like, F this, man. I'm here to see the Knicks. Yeah, We're in a race. I want to see my team play well. And, yes, there are a lot of people like that, but I also think the arena is going to be filled with a father or a mother who's taking their kid or maybe taking their friend to say, hey, we got to see Steph. So to put myself in those shoes and say, of those, who would it be? It's probably Otani pitching 
because of the uniqueness of what he does. Yeah. I've seen great quarterbacks. I've seen great basketball players. Yeah, but Steph is such a unique. Because I'm trying to think. I tried to see LeBron. He didn't play in the game I went. I, was, I just happened to be in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that's so I was like, oh, LeBron's, let me go. That's so typical. And he didn't play. I was so pissed. So you've never seen him play? Never seen him play. Really? I saw Steph play. We were out in San Francisco for the Super Bowl. So I, w- I went to a Warriors game. So I saw Steph, and it was it was awesome. Just because he's... He, like, he has his presence, how he carries himself as a player. Right. And so you just appreciate it watching him. But I think you're right. I think it would be Otani. To because, me, it would be Otani. Because yeah. it's, he's one of one. That That's the reason. I think Mahomes, Curry, and LeBron, mm-hmm. as great as they are, they play they play their sport really well. That's what makes them special. Otani is doing something no one else does. Now, for the sake of this poll, Patrick Mahomes won. Now, that may just be a football bias. I think it's recency bias also. It's definitely recency, but he just won a Super Bowl. I get that. Like he, he's, and people now think he's going to catch Tom Brady. But even if he does, like goat. I don't know, I wouldn't put him number. I wouldn't even put him number two. Well, I would also say I don't think any football player should be number one because of the limited amount of games. You should never be going to a football game based on a the opponent and the player. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you're not looking and, and, at it the right way. Like I, I agree with you in terms of me and you and Tiki, but I think a lot of people they have the money to go to one game a year. Okay, I think a lot of people going to the garden tonight. That's our one time, and you do it, and you pick your spots. And when you pick your spots, especially if you have kids involved, you're picking the spot of I want to show you this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yes, for you and me, we're not going to a game to see Patrick Mahomes. We're going to see our team play. But I think to a lot of people, you make that decision based on a superstar that you rarely see play. No, I get that. Yeah, I mean, I guess my point is if we're net or Nick fans, you can enjoy Steph Curry's play while still rooting for your team to win. You can't enjoy a quarterback's play and think your team's going to win. Patrick Mahomes got 30. Another teams. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you can't enjoy Pat Mahomes watching us, watch him destroy the Giants. Mahomes got 33% of the vote. Otani, 30% of the vote. LeBron, 22. Steph, 15. Mm. Nothing for Steph. Huh? That's crazy. I mean, LeBron is legend. I mean, like, yeah. he's just... It's 39 years old. Nah, he's playing at a and crazy level. he's still level. doing it at a high level. Not, yeah. not all the time, obviously, but he's still doing it at a very high level. What I think is the real test tonight at Madison Square Garden is, and it doesn't matter if Brunson plays or not, because I think you're usually locked into going to this game. If you have tickets to Knicks Warriors tonight, whether you're a Knicks fan or you went there to see Steph, you're going to the game. Nothing's going to change that. Let's say Steph has one of those nights. Like one of the, and it's not like that night a decade ago where he scored, I think it was 50, and the Knicks won anyway. I mean, the Warriors win, right? Warriors win the game. Destroy him. Yeah, yeah, sort of close, pull away late. Steph's at the line in the final two minutes. Is he going to get like thunderous applause? (laughs) Is he going to get like the the MVP chant? Well, the thing with Steph is he's not hateable. So you watch him, and even if he's the opponent, you're not. It's hard to hate him. He doesn't have that. You don't have to hate him, but menacing, cheering him in your building is far cheer, different. Cheer, cheering him, but the game. Let's say the game is out of reach, and he's going for seventy. Yeah, right. It just it comes down to a, like a free throw. Well, or that's a, that's a shot. That's it's just different. different. That's historic, though. Right. That's what I mean. So it's like I think it's only if it's an historic moment, or it feels like one, or. Damn, I'm never going to see a guy knock down 15 three-pointers in a game. You know what I mean? I don't that think it type ha- of thing. I don't think it has to be historic. I think it, there are enough people that are going to be in that building that are there to see Steph that even if he's just put in a free throw to get to 30, mm. I think that Curry takes over that building. Mm. And I think it's part of, part of the proof I have that this poll is BS, that he is that one of those rare right. transcendent and, athletes. And likable. 
yeah, eminently likable. likable. And here's the other thing. If Shohei Otani, tell me if I'm wrong here. If Shohei Otani is at Yankee Stadium hitting home runs and pitching a shutout, I'd be stunned <laughs> if all of a sudden people started cheering Otani. No, this is, you're, you're right. If Patrick Mahomes was doing that at MetLife, besides the Chief fans that yeah. showed up, I doubt that would happen. Maybe basketball's just different. Or maybe enough people are saying, hey, if I'm going to spend $400 to get into Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it to see Steph Curry, who I want to see. And I'm going to enjoy it, even if I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the crowd would be thunderous for him if he plays well. I'm wondering if the people that voted on this have already seen Steph and LeBron because they've been around longer. And in their minds, they're like, I haven't seen Mahomes. Uh, I haven't seen Otani yet. So they couldn't separate that because you're talking about the younger players. That's, that's actually fair. probably more, more it. I think that very well could be it because... Mahomes has played how many games at MetLife Stadium? How many times? Like, I'm uh, trying to think. You guys tell me, has he played the Giants at MetLife Stadium? No, the Giants oh, have only right. played him in Arrowhead. Yeah. So the answer is one. He's played right. one game at MetLife Stadium this past season yeah. on a Sunday night. Otani started a game against the Yankees and got, like, he couldn't throw strikes. He got lit up, dude. He was out in, like, the first inning. He didn't get lit up. He just couldn't throw strikes. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a difference, right, yeah. There is. Thank there you. is. An old he was awful there, yeah. Yeah, self, I think it would only last like two innings. Self-inflicted. Yeah, could those strikes. Short inning. Steph short and LeBron, outing. we get, with Steph and LeBron, we get two opportunities a year for those gentlemen to play in New York City, even if they may not play in that mm-hmm. particular game. <laughs> it's funny, the, the one time I've thought about this, because usually it's just, hey, I'm a fan of my team, I'm going to go see mm-hmm. my team, is LeBron James and the Lakers are at Barclays Center on April, I'm going to say 2nd. It's a Sunday. And I went to my wife and said, think I may take my oldest son Jet to the game because he knows he knows who LeBron is, mm-hmm. knows basketball, you know, likes basketball. He has not seen LeBron yet. Just haven't done it. I think LeBron didn't even play in Brooklyn last yeah. year, if I'm not mistaken. He did not. And so there's yeah, been reasons. Was, they had the Knicks the next day. Correct. Right? Him right. and AD sat. They game. sat. And I loved right. it because I was like, great, I want to win the game. We were in the building, Evan and I. Was I in the building? Yeah, it was for the Hungerthon. Oh, that was the game last year. That's right. The guy won the auction and didn't get LeBron in AD. And the year before, they didn't get any of the net stars. But I'm like, this is like going to a regular net game. Nobody played. <laughs> That's so funny. But I was saying this the other day. I was like, I think I got to take Jet to see LeBron James because I don't know if there'll ever be another opportunity. And, and even if you're not rooting for him, but you can at least explain who he is. And he, you saw LeBron James in person. Yeah, well, the thing is, LeBron is such a megastar. Everybody knows who he is. Like, my son already knows well, who he, he is, I mean, but he hasn't seen him play. He remade Space Jam. So yeah. even kids who don't necessarily love or follow basketball that deeply, they kind of know he's in pop culture. I thought Space Jam 2 was so good. What did you think, Sean? I love Space Jam 2. Did you really? I did. Interesting. Why, you thought I would hate it? I don't it? know if I've have I seen it. I don't um, think I've seen it. Here's what I would say. I'm di- I've been doing a lot of hmm. research on our brand new segment here on Evan and Tiki that debuted this past week. It's called Posted and Toasted, Yeah, where I find old tweets of everyone here at WFAN, uh-huh. and we have to guess uh-huh. like what people, like who did it. So when I get a Space it? Jam one that said it sucked, I know it's Sean. Sean destroyed really? the idea of a sequel to Space Jam. Oh, the idea. In many, 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 many various social medias. Uh, the idea. Yes. But, I, I, but I that will, was prior please to hold your thought. seeing it. Hold your thought before you answer. We're a little late, but 5.30, we guarantee a John Sterling home run call. So here's our random... It's time for John Sterling's home run call of the day. Let's hear it, John. The 1-2 is lined to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a three-run home run for Brian McCann. <laughs> he hit a line drive bullet over the leap of Orlando into the lower deck and right. 
McCann can. Yes, McCann can. He hits a three-run home run. The Yankees are murdering Guthrie. Five men have come up. Five men have scored. A two-run Headley homer, a three-run McCann homer, and the Yankees have a big, fat 5 nothing lead. Boy, everything about that call was amazing. First of all, the Yankees are murdering somebody. <laughs> the McCann singing, and then just hearing about Chase Headley is yeah. always fun. The McCann kid, kid. That was actually a good one. I love that call. <laughs> Top five. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I now, agree. explain your uh, dislike originally for Space Jam 2, because my old research has shown me that. Just like Brandon well, Tierney that, had an obsession with Marco Rubio, uh, I've learned that as well. I, I do think you have the right to change your mindsets and stuff, but I remember when they announced the original Space Jam, I was not a LeBron guy, I was always a Jordan guy. That movie's near and dear to my childhood and my heart, and I thought it was kind of a disgrace to come out with a new one. However... Almost impossible to do it right. Right. However, and I waited a while to see it, when I saw it, I ended up sitting there going, ah, not bad. And then I've watched it two or three times since, and I thoroughly enjoy it to the point I'd even debate it's better than the first one. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, uh, Tiki. Yes. June 20th, 2019. Yes. Space Jam 2 is such a terrible idea. We didn't need Men in Black all these years later. We didn't need another Anchorman or Dumb and Dumber years later. Take a lap with Space Jam 2 nonsense. Hmm. hmm. By the way, I stand by those other movies. Who X'd it? <laughs> yeah, it's a special edition of Who Sean. X'd it. I've learned so much about everybody around but, here by searching these old tweets, yes. So you didn't like the new Men in Blacks? To me, nothing will ever top the original. And when you got to three, and I got Joe Ganescoli at a diner table, that's enough. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I thought they were all entertaining. They're, yeah. all, they're different. They're just, they were entertaining. Uh, would you not argue, though, in general, Hollywood over the past 15 years, we've run out of some ideas. Well, after you get to the 20-year mark, they start remaking stuff. Yeah. I, and Anchorman and Dumb and Dumb, they're so stupid that we got other ones. I thought Space Jam would go down that realm. I admit I was wrong. I got to watch it because, I honestly, I haven't seen it. You've never seen Space Jam 2? Not, not the second one. It is, now that we're going to be truthful, now that he got that out, I think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Space Are Jam 2 serious? is atrocious. It is a train wreck. Why? It is awful. What's so it's bad just, about it? I watched it recently with my oldest because he loves Space Jam 1. Yeah. I mean, uh, who doesn't? Like, classic. And he was obsessed with it for a while. Like, we would watch it every other day right. over and over the and over one. and over again, the first one. And finally, I was like, they made a sequel because I need to be honest with him. He's like, I got to see it. I was like, all right, as long as you don't become a LeBron fan, we're mm. good. Nets fan, we can't root for LeBron. Michael, who cares about it? Right. And we watched it. He didn't mind it. And I'm like, this is awful. But here's the proof of how bad it was. I watched it a few months ago. I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> it was so oh. bad, it all slipped my mind. Something with a video game? Yeah, no. Like being in some video game world? That's why I think Tiki's going to like it. Because unlike the first one where it's getting sucked down a golf yeah. hole or whatever, yeah. this is very much about current day's technology. The background is LeBron's son has invented his own version of an NBA video game that his dad mm -hmm. kind of dismisses, uh, and it's up. So it's in like the, Ready Player One, and basically LeBron his kid gets sucked in the cloud where the video game is, <laughs> and there's like an evil guy up there, and he shows the son you could have so much more in life. Your dad just wants you to be a basketball player. You're a great so video game. So your consciousness maker. doesn't really exist. It no. can be hijacked, and you could put your head in. Oh my God, is this really going on in the metaverse? Like, it felt realistic. As you're talking about it, it sounds even worse than I remember it. Like, <laughs> you got to appreciate unless technology. Unless you appreciate that. Well, do you appreciate I that? I kind of do. I mean, I understand it. So I I, I, I have to see it now. I, I'm all for, by the way, sequels. Like, I'm all, and even for remakes, as much as I dislike the yeah. Planet of the Apes remake that me and Lugia fought about, 
I don't mind giving it a try because sometimes they're good. Like sometimes sequels right. are really good. Right. Sometimes remakes are really good. But so the, I don't mind doing it. But I think more times than not, they do struggle. Was it a sequel or was it a remake? That was a remake, Space Jam 2. Wasn't it? See, I don't think it's either because it's not following the first one. It has nothing to do with the first one. And I guess it's a remake, but also I think it's just it's a repurposing. Right. It's, it's almost like this generation's use of technology, this generation's NBA star. Let's pretend this happened. That's again. A, but that's essentially a remake, isn't it? That's basically yeah, what, what a remake it, it is. is. But it's I think it's also so different. Yes. Than what happened in the original. And again, I haven't seen it yet, but it's so different. It just. It's not the same movie. It's not like the other Ghostbusters. Are you you seriously, Tiki, at some point on like a Saturday night, going to say to your lovely wife, hey, I got a great idea. Let's go watch Space Jam? Yeah. I'm going to do it with my kids. Okay. That's a little bit better. Tiki, I would save yourself the time. (laughs) I haven't seen it either. I guarantee you it sucks. Guarantee (laughs) it. How about Loogie, Loogie? That's that's not fair. You haven't seen it. No, but I have a history. I've known Sean for 15 years. His taste in movies suck. Yeah, but suck. my taste in movies suck, and I, I think don't know it's the, terrible. No, I don't think your taste in movies stink, Evan. I just don't think you have a wide range of movies you've seen in your lifetime. That's a little bit different. I think your palate needs to expand a little bit. His stink because he goes, you know what? Everybody hates it. I like it. That's his basis <laughs> oh, for liking things. Is that what it is? Everybody's uh, crushed it, so you know what? I'm going to like it. I'm going to die right now. My four favorite movies of all time. You tell me if they suck. Go ahead. All right? Forrest Gump. That's that, was good. that was good. That was fun. Any Given Sunday. That's pretty good. A little overrated. Goodfellas. You're uh, so full of crap. That's Saving not, Private Ryan. These are not as favorite. Yeah, they are. Good. Those are my four favorite movies of all time. <laughs> you said you're not. They're, not your they're all grown-ups movies. Your favorite movies aren't from when you were younger? If I went kid movies, I would go like Mighty Ducks. Hmm. Interesting. Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> Heavyweights. <laughs> Heavyweights a good one. Let's go to Aaron and Lake Hopakong. What's up, Aaron? Hopakong. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking the call. What's up, Aaron? <laughs> So, Ev, uh, for your beard there with the colors, yeah. how about doing some uh, Yankee pinstripes, some Dolphins yeah, colors, we got that. We're Rangers do that. colors? No, Rangers colors. Gonna, we're going to do the, the Yankees pinstripes on Tuesday. Yeah, that's already been requested. And look, whatever these guys decide, I'll put on my, uh, I'll put on my beard. One oh, thing yeah. I learned, because I, I went and washed it. So it came, wa- came out easy. It came out pretty easy. Now, I only put the blue paint on the front of my beard, so obviously I didn't go full extent, but I, I think about it like I'm going to go home after shows and take a shower. Mm-hmm. So getting it out won't be too bad. Right, it's easy. But there are sporting events I'm going to in the next few weeks. <laughs> like Tuesday, we're all going to a Brooklyn Nets game right. in a suite with someone that won an auction, That's Right, and I'm going to have to sit there with Yankee pinstripes. I don't know how you're going to do that. You want me to do <laughs> silver and then Yankee-like uh, lines? Almost like the A-Rod retired 13? I'll, I'll do it for you. I think, I think it's got to be blue first and then the Yankee lines. Oh, crap. You know what I just thought? What? He could put the 13 in my beard. <laughs> That's going to be some challenge. That might take some time. That may take some time. Right. That's easy. One finger, the one, and the you draw one the one is easy. The three, like, I don't know, because the beard, you're basically coloring every hair. He's got to stay still. Yes. No, you guys are really going to do this to my face next week? <laughs> You've done enough damage to your face. For <laughs> I think they'll film it so you guys will get to see it. But every day got to color my face. Unless my emergency meetings this weekend with both Pete Alonzo and mm. David Stearns go well. Right. And I could somehow get a contract done. If I do it, you're welcome, New York. I'll be impressed. That would be, yeah, that'd be my greatest I'd be, accomplishment. I'd be more than impressed. Imagine if I, I would will... think you're in the wrong profession. <laughs> Scott Morris, I own a percentage of Imagine that. if, like, Monday morning, breaking news, Pete Alonzo signs. <laughs> I'd, I'd come in here like king. Well, of course you I'd would. I'd come in here like, yeah, Mike and Chris made a Mike Piazza trade. My ass. <laughs> Let's go to Michael in Fairhaven. How you doing, Michael? What's up, Mike? 
Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, um, I've literally never called into a radio station before. First time. You guys encapsulate New York sports and the absurdity so so well. <laughs> so I ha- you guys got me enticed. Oh, cool. Um, Appreciate you. But, uh, Thank you. <laughs> I uh, bag Tiki got me thinking, so I'm a little little random, a little late here. But <laughs> Tiki, um, what's your relationship like with Luke Pettigrew? You know, I feel like I've seen a lot of those those yellow flags when you'd get these huge runs. They always come back. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that's a great question, second. Luke Pettigrew. I love uh, Luke. I actually haven't talked to him. I think the last time I talked to him was before the pandemic. He got jacked, then, uh, like 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 huge. Looks like a, a body lifter now. But go ahead. What's your other question? <laughs> then the second one, and I, I hope I'm not ruffling any feathers here. Obviously, grew, grew up a huge Giants fan and huge fan of you, like Shockey, Hilliard, yep. you know, Eli. Um, what's your relationship like with Eli now? Because that kind of bummed me out when you were like not a huge fan of his. Uh, I mean, I was always a huge fan of his. The question that a lot of people say they saw but never actually saw was what was his leadership style like? And he's funny. And so that's basically what I said. And people thought I was making fun of him. I wasn't. I was saying he's a he's got a like a sense of humor. And it, and people see it now, by the way, because he's on whatever the What's that show? Uh, the the Manning cast. cast? Yeah, the Manning cast. And you see him in commercials. Like, that's all I was saying, but nobody nobody wanted to hear that. Um, Luke was interesting, though, just to pivot back to Luke. By the way, he's had some off-the-field issues, as I'm Googled. He, he has recently? Yeah. Uh, uh, depends how you want to define recently. Man, what, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I don't keep track with him, but the, my longest touchdown run happened because he jumped off sides. Really? Yeah, against Oakland. We were on the 10-yard line. But they didn't call it. No, he did. He jumped offside. So they called it back. We were on the 10. We were on the 10. Okay. We ran a play. He jumps offsides. Now it's back on the 5. We changed the play. Oh, I got you. We changed the play because now you. we're backed up. I get you. And I go 95 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> I was trying to figure out. And, last he, great. and he blocked two guys on the play. So, so. his penalty yes. helped contribute yes. to the longest touchdown run of your career. Yes. No and, shocker. All those fans <laughs> call him Luke Penalty Goo. <laughs> Well, that's why that caller's question was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> What's your relationship with him? Yeah. I remember a lot of big runs being negated because of him. Right. Would you ever get pissed about that, though, and, like, take it personal? No. Nah, I mean, it's a guy it's, making it's, a mistake. It it, it, I mean, it's random. We know how random penalties are in football. So There's never a time you went back in the huddle after a penalty and said, what the F are you doing? Like, yeah. What are you doing? You jovi- Jovially. Oh, jovially. Yes. But you're really pissed off. I mean, sometimes. But I use it I always. I'll give you the perfect example. We were playing Washington. It's my last game of my career. We're playing Washington in Washington, and they kept doing these cross dogs. So they would they would the mic would go first, and then the wheel would come back around and just blow up blow up these draws. We we ran a lot of draws back then, and so the first time we run it, Greg Camella, not Greg Camella, um, Jim Finn, his job is to block the mic. And so he's chasing the mic. They're crossing. So he's chasing the mic. And he just keeps chasing. And I'm like, Finn, he's not the mic anymore. <laughs> Block the guy who becomes the mic. And so we end up arguing about this on the sideline. And so finally we get the coaches and we get together. We're like, all right, this is what's happening. They're doing these cross dogs. And so he's like, all right. Let's just block the guy who becomes the mic. Let let the mic go because he's running out of the play. Let's block the guy who becomes the mic, who's the will. So next time we, we run the play, Finney, like, hesit- he's, like, getting ready to go to the mic, and he catches himself, and he blocks the will, the guy who becomes the mic. 50-yard touchdown. Mm. And so we get to the sideline, and he's like, I hate you. It <laughs> <laughs> worked. So, like, we get on each other, but it's always for the good of making 
things work better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. So it's just, you got to have constructive conversations and, and relationships allow that to happen. I like that last call. He made his first ever call to talk radio and it was, hey, Tiki, what do you think of Luke Pedro? <laughs> I think we should mix that in every once in a while. I think a random person should call in and just ask Tiki what he thinks about a former teammate and just see what happens. One right. of these days you're going to be like, I hated that bastard. Right. That's coming. There's not many. I don't think there's many I hate it. There has to be a few, though. And even if you're not going to volunteer it, that's okay. I just Some random I, caller I will identify I just it. won't remember them. Oh, so like you hate I, someone, you forget about their existence? Not forget about their existence. Just I don't. I just won't remember that my relationship with them. Interesting. Like, why would I harbor, hang on to hard, bad things? No, not harbor, but if someone asked, hey, what'd you think of this guy? Yeah. And your brain's like, okay, let me answer the question. And you think of this guy, and you're like, oh, my God, what a douche. <laughs> I assume you would just say, yeah, that guy was a douche. Like, I'm the same way. I don't harbor any will, but if someone brought up a name that I, of a person I didn't like, right. I, I'm sure it would pop into my head. I'd be like, yeah, that guy was a douche. Know, but you know me. I, I like everybody. I am, I've said this, and I'll say it again. I am prejudiced against nobody but a non-baller. If you couldn't play, then I didn't like you. Well, then I couldn't play. You don't like me. But you're, I'm, I'm not with you in that context. Oh, I got you. So <laughs> I was on the field you wouldn't like. Yes. We're like, in the metaverse with Tiki. Yes. <laughs> if someone called up, I told a story earlier about being in high school during the Subway World Series, mm -hmm. and there being this really like arrogant Yankee fan who said to me, boy, you better hope we beat the Mariners because if we don't and you play the Mariners, your World Series doesn't count. Right. Now, I don't remember much about this guy. I can't remember his name. If someone called in and remembered the name, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, right. It was blah, oh, blah, blah. That guy. I'd answer, guy was a douche. Like, I, So I don't hate him. I don't even remember him. But something would spark my memory to say, oh, yeah, yeah but so, I don't like that guy. So I could even do that with opponents. So in, in that regard that you're talking about, so Sean Taylor, rest in peace, he was the biggest ass <laughs> on, on game day. Like, and I would, there's a, four other words that go with that, that that are more important to how he actually played. Like, you try to say something to him, he'd MF you. All day. But then we made the Pro Bowl together. Greatest dude in the world. Right. Right? So it's not like he hated you. I got not you. like he didn't want to be, like, friendly with you. It's like he put himself in that mode to to be great. He was a competitor. And some people play that way. Right. I wasn't that way. I was always like, hey, man, good hit. That's crazy. Right? You know, oh, man, you guys are doing good today. But I got your ass on this one. <laughs> right? Like. I was always happy. I was always smiling. I loved what I was doing. Interesting. It was different for some of these other guys. So you were geeking out in the huddle, too? Oh, I loved it. Look at that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.